I've been trying to do it right. I've been living a lonely life. I've been sleeping here instead. I've been sleeping in my bed. Sleeping in my bed. So show me family. All the blood that I will bleed. I don't know where I belong. I don't know where I went wrong. But I can write a song. I belong with you. You belong with me. You're my sweetheart. I belong with you. You belong with me. You're my sweet. Hey. Ho. Hey. Ho. Hey. We're back. We back. We back. Welcome. 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 Stars Born. Episode 19. Jennifer Gardner. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. I'm Chris Arneson. I am your host. Thank you for turning the podcast dial to this one. So happy to be with you. Um, before we get into talking about Jenny G, let's uh well if you don't know, if you haven't listened to the first 18 episodes, go ahead listen to those before you listen to this one. It'll make sense chronologically. Just start from episode one, uh Will Farrell, and go from there. But I'm an author from Pullman, Washington. Sitting in my apartment right now, 1.45 p.m., Thursday, March 7th, 2019. Beautiful day outside, clear skies, blue skies, not a cloud. Sun's out, sun's out, gun's out. It's actually warm, too. It's like 40 degrees. It's nice. But I am across the street from Washington State University here. Um, I'm an author. Find my books on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town, and what's in the fridge. Uh, check out my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com, my website, christtheauthor.com, and follow me on Twitter at christtheauthor8 and Instagram at chrisarneson8. Thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, co-worker, anyone, everyone. We're spreading the, the good word of the... Um, a Stars Born podcast over here at over here at ASIB HQ. Beautiful day. The Palouse, the rolling hills of the Palouse covered in snow. Super bright out there. Had my sunglasses on when I was walking out earlier. Going to play basketball at the gym. Good stuff. Fun day. Fun day. <clears throat> it's nice. Hope it doesn't snow too much more. Maybe. Maybe they won't even have to do that snow removal that they said they'll, they're going to do for the parking lot, but that's okay. I'm on the street, street parking anyway, so I'm all good. Any hoozles. Um, yes, it's a West Virginia episode as well. So why is it West Virginia? Because Jennifer Gardner was raised in Charleston, West Virginia. Um, that's a capital, I do believe. And... Yeah, before we get into talking about her films and her IMDb, let's uh let's check on a couple things that we do every episode. Let's do the Mariners update. So the Mariners play tonight at five. So that game's not on yet, but I just want to shout out to Ichiro because he's back on the team, and the Mariners actually opened the season with two games against the Oakland A's in Japan. 
So according to this article from Sports Yahoo, um, looks like they're saying that it's going to be nearly a week of celebration and hype surrounding Ichiro. His teammates are perhaps more excited, more eager than the star himself to see how massive the reception will be. And then Wade LeBlanc says, I can't imagine what's going what's going to be like. I want to see what it's like when Ichiro walks down the street in Tokyo. Cool, yeah. I think he's like one of the most famous athletes in in that country. Ichiro, Ichiro, Ichiro. Mayor's my favorite team. Uh, we do a Mayor's update every episode. So um, there's your Mayor's update. Let's see what they have to say about Mitch Handiger. Um, it just says, do the Mariners have another Mitch Hanger and Jake Fraley? I do not know who Jake Fraley is. Let's see who Jake Fraley is. Sorry, Jake Fraley, if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> I should know who you are. He's on the current team, Modesto Nuts. Sounds like, sounds like a good, like, cashew from Trader's jo- Trader Joe's. <laughs> I get a pack of Modesto nuts. He's number 73. So cool. That's a crazy number. From Frederick, Maryland. He's an outfielder. Bats lefty, throws lefty. Turns 24 in May. Very good. Very good. From Frederick, Maryland. Okay. There's your mayor's update. Um, if we do an episode tonight, then we'll we'll check on the game. Let's see the NBA update. So LeBron passed Michael Jordan um, in the all-time scoring list. So uh, entering the game against the Nuggets, this was last night. Trailing, we talked about this. I just didn't realize it. I didn't realize that he. Past Jordan last night. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He was trailing MJ by 12 points entering the game. And he tied MJ with 32,292 career points with a fadeaway 19 foot midway, 19 footer midway through the second quarter. They passed him with a and one layup at the 538 mark. All right. Then LeBron says, passing MJ ranks up there with title wins. I think, personally, I mean, it's obviously important, but as long as you have a bunch of points, if you get six titles, MJ having six titles and no losses in the NBA Finals. Like, LeBron's lost, like, four times. He's lost a bunch. But MJ's never lost a series in the NBA Finals. That's crazy. Crazy talk. All right, there's your NBA update. Um, did the Mariners update? Let's do the Simpsons. The Simpsons update. Uh, Simpsons episode of the week is called King of the Hill. 23rd episode, season 9. And I chose this one. It's related to Jennifer Gardner and West Virginia because... <clears throat> This is the one where Homer 
tries to climb a large mountain to impress Bart after he humiliates humiliates himself at a church picnic with his lack of fitness. Um, and he also he discovers power sauce and energy bar, which he starts eating all the time. It's kind of like a spin-off on Power Bar, but this is a super funny episode. It's a really good one to start. Season 9. Oh, I'm going to go to Season 9. It's one of the best ones. Let's see some of the episodes. The 200th episode is on it. Season 9 was <clears throat> September 21st, 1997 to May 17th, 1998. City of New York versus Homer Simpson. That's a great episode. We talked about that one in the Denzel episode, actually. The Principal and the Popper. Pauper? That's the Armin Tanzarian one. That's a great one. Lisa Sachs. Trias of Horror. The Cartridge Family. That's the NRA one. Bart Starr. That's a good one. That's when Bart plays football. Uh, two Mrs. Nahasa Pima Pelons. It's an Apu episode there. Lisa the Skeptic. Lisa episode. Reality Bites. What is this one? Um. Uh, Homer takes Marge to an auction. He buys a little bandit. On the ride home, Marge decides to walk because it was erratic driving. She runs into Lionel Hutz, uh, who's a realtor, interested. Okay, Marge becomes a realtor. That's it. Don't even really remember that one. Marge! Kids! Kids coming for dinner! Mmm! Patty, Selma! Homer! Okay, that's enough Simpsons talk. There's some good episodes in season nine, though. Bart Carney's a good one. Doss Bus. Um, yeah, Doss Bus is like the Lord of the Flies spinoff one. <clears throat> um, there's Lisa the Simpson. That's when Lisa learns... From Grandpa that the Simpsons have a long history of losing their intelligence late in childhood. Ha! <laughs> so she's scared of... That reminds me of the episode where Homer sticks a crayon up, up his nose. He did that when he was a kid and that's what makes him dumb. So, And then he takes the crayon out and he's a genius. It's a funny one. Alright, alright, alright. Enough Simpsons talk there. Good Simpsons. Update. Uh, let's see. Before we get into Jennifer's IMDb, let's see. What else do we want to do? Let's do the pin of the show. We've been talking about different t-shirt pins that I have. I have a little collection here. And this is my favorite one. My favorite pin right here. It's a University of North Carolina Tar Heels basketball. It's a basketball hoop, and then on the backboard it says UNC, and it actually just says NC, 
And then above that, there's a basketball. And it's a uh, baby blue and, yeah, UNC Tar Heels colors. I'm not a big Tar Heels fan, really, but I just really like the look of this. It's just a really cool looking pin. I like it. My second favorite pin is probably the uh, Sturgis one that we talked about a couple episodes back. Uh, so speaking of regular segments, let's do another one. Let's do the um, Maywood Recipes Cooking the Fast Way. <clears throat> Here we go. I've been reading um, a recipe or two from this book. And here is ambrosia. Uh, so the ingredients. Two 16-ounce containers of sour cream. One large can of fruit cocktail or favorite fruit. One package of shredded coconut. One ten and a half package of white marshmallows, miniature. One can of whipped cream. Hand directions. Drain fruit cocktail. Mix all ingredients. Fold slowly. Chill two to four hours before serving. Top with swirls of whipped cream and maraschino cherries. Ooh, my favorite kind of cherries. Um, yeah, that sounds not too hard. Pretty. Ooh, that sounds good. Whipped cream and cherries. Cherries on top. I like it. And there was uh, no name next to it, so... We'll just give credit to cooking, cooking the fast way. Get a sip of water, huh? Alright. Let's do another one since that was a short one. Here's another short one. From Lori Walton. Apple Crisp. This just reminds me that that's one of my other, um, one of my mom's best recipes. One of the best meals she makes. I mean, it's not even a meal, it's a dessert, but she makes a mean apple crisp. Combine it with some, throw a scoop of vanilla ice cream on there. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, throw a maraschino cherry on it. That'd be good. Never done that before. Let's try that. Alright, so Lori Walton, apple crisp. Ingredients. Apples peeled and sliced, enough to fill 9 by 9 pan. Half cup of butter. One cup of sugar. Three quarters cup of flour. One teaspoon of cinnamon. And directions. Blend together butter, sugar, flour, and cinnamon. Work until crumbly. Pack over apples and top with slivered almonds. Almonds. Bake 60 minutes at 350 degrees. There you go. Let's do one more since that was a short one too. This is another short one right here. And it doesn't have a name either. So maybe these are all Lori Walton. Let's just give, let's give Lori Walton credit. <laughs> uh, banana split pie. This one sounds delicious. Um, half cup of margarine softened. One eight ounce package of cream cheese softened. One and a half pounds of powdered sugar. Two 17 or 20 ounce cans of crushed pineapple, well drained. One large container of Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Two bananas sliced. Nuts, shaved chocolate. Garnish. So I guess any kind of nuts. Maybe some almonds. Maraschino cherries, again. Two graham cracker pie shells. And your directions. 
with mixer, mixed margarine, cream cheese, and sugar until thick and fluffy. Spread into pie shells about one inch thick. Layer pineapple, then bananas. Top with cool whip. Garnish. Chill well before serving. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. Three easy dessert recipes. Sound absolutely delicious. Check those off. There we go. That's how it's done. Excuse me. Oh, I'm burping up this. Um, I just had a bunch of frozen yogurt. I stopped by Einstein Bagels over by um, kind of by my old dorm near the uh, it's near the field house near the track near the the brand new dorms that the athletes live in. But yeah. I think it's actually connected to one of the brand new dorms. But I had a bunch of, oh, I had a bunch of Froyo. So good. I'm a big Froyo. I'm a Froyo fan. Froyo fiend. Uh, I went with, it was creme brulee and then like caramel slash chocolate truffle. And then I put some M&M's. I put marshmallows. A bunch of stuff like Reese's crumbles. They had some good, some good toppings available. I didn't use any of the syrups, so just realized that right now. I looked at the syrups, said I'll come back to them, and then never did. That's okay though. Oh yeah, I'll let you guys. Oh yeah, and I was trying to go. I was like, I'm gonna keep this under four dollars, and then it ended up being three ninety nine. So I was like. That's perfect. Money. Um, I'll let you guys know which socks I'm wearing. I tell you guys each episode. Right now I'm rocking the Space Jam socks. Uh, I did that because... I just think that... Well, I mean, the new Space Jam's coming out. Space Jam 2. LeBron's going to be in it. But I think Jennifer Gardner would be... She'd be good in Space Jam. That's just why my thought process was... She should be in the new one. Because we'll get into her films, but I think she should be in more good movies. I think she's a little underrated. She's underrated. Playoffs. Talking about practice. All right. Speaking of Jennifer Gardner, though, let's just get into her IMDb. Let's, let's not delay it anymore. Let's do it right now. First credit... TV movie, 1995, called Zoya. She plays Sasha. Um, 1996, another TV movie. Back-to-back TV movies to get started. Harvest of Fire. She plays Sarah Troyer. TV series, Swift Justice. Plays Allison for one episode. That's 1996. Also 96. TV miniseries, Dead Man's Walk, plays Clara Forsyth. Two episodes. Um, Law and Order, one episode. Played Jamie in 1996. Um, Spin City. Oh, this was Michael J. Fox's show. I'm going to click on this one. Becky for one episode, 96. Seems like a lot of actors in Hollywood... Or in like one episode of Law and Order too. I think it's like a rite of passage. Spin City. 
30 minutes comedy TV 14 um yep Michael J Fox yep Alan Ruck is in it too uh Cameron from Ferris Bueller my favorite movie of all time <laughs> yes uh this is Spin City Mike Flaherty the deputy mayor of New York City and his team of half wits must constantly save the mayor from embarrassment in the media. Mike is later succeeded by Charlie Crawford. Charlie. Charlie. Um, never seen Spin City, but heard about it a lot. A 90s sitcom. Uh, not up there with like Friends and Seifel, though. That's for sure. That's for sure. TV movie from 1987, Rose Hill, Mary Rose Claiborne, slash Victoria Elliott at 17. I feel like I'm a circle back. I think that was just unnecessary for me to throw Spin City under the bus like that. Like I don't, you don't have to compare every show to Friends and Seifel are two of the greatest shows of all time. Like You don't have to compare every show to them. <laughs> that, was, that was mean by me. That was unnecessary. Uncalled for, out of the box. Uh, I just wanted to let mention that, let you guys know. Let's see, 1997, Deconstructing Harry. She plays Woman in Elevator. Sounds like she just has a cameo. 1997, Marion Almond. Hey, Almond, that's so funny. We were just talking about almonds and the recipe. Marion Almond. Or if she's an almond sister. She's the, the sister of the almond brothers. Washington Square, nineteen ninety seven. Uh nineteen ninety seven, Mr. Magoo, she plays Stacy Sampana Hoditra. Let's see, I've heard of this one, but I've never seen it. Eighty seven minutes PG adventure comedy family. The myopic millionaire defeats jewel smugglers in his usual bumbling manner. Sounds like Mr. Bean. Used to love Mr. Bean growing up. Haven't seen that for years, though. Myopic. What's my... I'm going to check what myopic means. What's this? Oh, I'm looking at the Google art right now. It's a picture... Of a lady in a surfboard. And then some math. It looks like a surfboard. Maybe it's not a surfboard. But there's definitely a bunch of math around her. Because it's Olga, Olga Ladies Henskaya. Ladies Henskaya. She's a mathematician from Russia. She passed away January 12th, 2004. The age of 81. Moscow University. Specialized in partial differential equations. Don't even know. Hmm. She won the Lomonosov Gold Medal Award in 2002. Um, today is her birthday. March 7th, 1922. Okay. <clears throat> Happy birthday, Olga. 
let's see. Myopic. Myopic. Nearsighted. Lacking imagination, foresight, or intellectual insight. Lacking imagination? Okay. It's like boring, basically. I thought Mr. Magoo was like... Like a... Flubber... Flubber create, like, character. Like a crazy guy. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Like a Willy Wonka kind of character. Myopic. Yeah. Narrow-minded... Maybe it's just he's narrow-minded. So he could still be goofy. Okay. Uh, enough of that. 1997. TV movie. She's in a lot of TV movies. We see a lot of those. Plays Celia Levison in The Player. She's in a short in 1997. Plays Kelly in In Harm's Way. Jennifer's in... Significant Others, who plays Nell for six episodes. TV miniseries from 98. Let's see who else is in that. I like the name Nell. Um, yeah, no big names in that. She's the biggest name. Well, she is on the cover of the... She's on the cover of the DVD, so... Three twenty-something best friends living in Los Angeles are having the best and worst times of their lives, but through it all, they know no matter what, they will always have each other's friendship to carry them through. That sounds super vague. Doesn't even say like what they do for a living or like, huh? <laughs> I'm guessing they're like supposed to be entertainers or something. Struggling actors. Okay, this is interesting. The movie that comes out and it came out in nineteen ninety eight and it was called nineteen ninety nine. We gotta see what this is. She plays Annabelle. Not the doll. Not the haunted doll. Once again, a group of twenty something New Yorkers this time discuss their lives and future at the party on New Year's Eve nineteen ninety nine. Or if it's like a What's, um, what what was that called? That thing in the turn of the century when everyone was scared that, I'm going to say 1999, I can't remember what it was called, the 2000, the computer, Y2K, yeah, there we go, Y2K, more if they're talking about Y2K, or maybe it's more hip. Maybe it's like New Year's Eve meets Ex Machina. All right. That's 1999. 1998 uh, TV series, Fantasy Island. She plays Sally for one episode. TV series, 1999, The Pretender. She plays Billy H. Vaughn slash Dupree. This the same Dupree from You, Me, and Dupree. Uh, Aftershock. I can't remember who plays Dupree in that movie. Oh, is Dupree? Is that Owen Wilson? I think it is Owen Wilson. He's the, like, annoying new roommate. 
That's actually a funny movie. I like that movie back in the day. I think we actually have the DVD back home and on our uh, bookcase full of DVDs in the TV room in Bothell. TV series 1999, The Pretender, just said that. TV miniseries 1999. She's in like a lot of miniseries and TV movies and stuff. Aftershock, Earthquake in New York. Diane Agostoni, Agostini. Agostini. Time of Your Life. She plays Romy Sub- Sullivan. I like Romy. That's a good name. Uh, 1999 to 2000. Let's see if that's short for something. Romy. Apparently there's some other famous people named Romy short for. Rosemary. Okay. I don't know how you get Romy from that, but it should it could just be Rosie. Romy. I like it though. You could go by Mary too. You have a lot of options if you your name is Rosemary. You got a lot, of, a lot of audibles you could do. Uh, let's see. I like to think if your name's Rosemary, you got like one of those quarterback wristbands that just says all the different names that you could put, go by. It's like Rose, Rosie, Romy, Mary, Mary Beth. <laughs> you can just add on other names for some reason. Mary Ann. Okay. Uh, oh, this was a good movie. 2000. I didn't remember that she was in this. Jennifer Garner plays Wanda in... Dude, where's my car? Dude, where's my car? <laughs> Two potheads wake up after a night of partying and cannot remember where they parked their car. And that those guys are Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott. This is a hilarious movie. Came out in 2000. So I was only seven years old. I must have seen this movie at a young age. Didn't know what was going on. Just like, just like Dazed and Confused. I saw that. Must have seen that for the first time when I was only 12, 10 or something. Uh, 2001. I was watching The Simpsons, too, back then. The Simpsons can be... They got a lot of, like, adult stuff that they go. Flies over the head. The young viewer. Um, let's see. 2001. Pearl Harbor. Plays Nurse Sandra. 01. Rennie's Landing. Plays Kylie Bradshaw. 98 to 2002. Felicity. Plays Hannah Bibb for three episodes. Ah, she's in this movie. I did not realize this movie came out this long ago. That was more recent. Catch Me If You Can. Plays Cheryl Ann. Let's see. I think I've seen this. This was um, Leo and Tom Hanks. And Christopher Walken. Uh, Chris, uh... Wedding Crashers. I didn't know what to say. Trying to do a Christopher Walken. It's a wedding. A wedding. I'm the best man. I'm going to give a best man speech. Not too, that's not too bad. Um, 
Let's see. This is a long movie. I'm going to get a sip of water here. Stay hydrated. Rule number one. Podcasting. Mm. Big old sip right there. <clears throat> nice cold water. Out of my Red Robin water bottle. My red water bottle. Um, 141 minutes. Wow. PG-13. Biography, crime, drama. A seasoned FBI agent pursues Frank Abigail Jr., who before his 19th birthday successfully forged millions of dollars worth of checks while posing as a Pan Am pilot, a doctor, and a legal prosecutor. This is like the classic. I wonder if like Southwest Airlines sponsored this movie or something. Or they're definitely, it's definitely a good airplane movie. Good movie to watch on airplane because you're just watching people on airplanes, basically. Basically. Same with Up in the Air. We'll talk about that in the George Clooney episode. Um, oh, this was a good movie. 2003. She's Electra Nachios in Daredevil. The Ben Affleck vehicle. Speaking of Ben Affleck, um, as you guys know, she used to be married to him. And there's that, cla- I just want to mention that classic picture. I mean, it's sad. It's like a sad picture for Ben Affleck, but it just shows how much of a boss that Jennifer Gardner is. When she picked him up, this was pretty recently. She picked him up and took him to rehab and then took him to like McDonald's or something. And there's just, excuse me. There's just pictures of him, like, in the backseat of the car, like, eating fast food. And then she's just, that's just Jennifer Garner being a boss. I, I just wanted to give her a shout-out. Um, but, yeah, Ben Affleck. Good luck, Ben Affleck. With, uh, he's not Batman anymore. I don't know who the new Batman is. Let's see if we got a new Batman. Maybe they did announce that, and I just... That's probably something I would have missed. New Batman. Let's see. 2021. I think they're still deciding. Because it says. This article's from February 15th. IGN.com. Who should play the new Batman after Ben Affleck? Sounds like they're still deciding. Okay. Very good. Very good. But Daredevil. I wonder if this is like when they met each other for the first time. Hmm. A man blinded by toxic waste, which also enhanced his remaining senses, fights crime as an acrobatic martial arts superhero. I don't remember the martial arts part, but definitely saw this way a long time ago. Came out in 03, so... Uh, a video game, the first video game, 2004, Alias, Sydney Bristow. This was a, sh- we'll talk about it when, when it comes up. Oh, here's a good one. Man, Jeffrey Gardner's in some good movies. 13 Going on 30, she plays Jenna Rink. Let's see. A girl makes a wish on her 13th birthday and wakes up the next day as a 30-year-old woman. That 30-year-old woman is Jennifer Gardner. 
Mark Ruffalo's in it too. And Judy Greer. Um, this was kind of the same as... Isn't it the same idea as that... What was it? Zac Efron and then Chandler. 17 again. Right? I think it's the same idea. Actually, no, that's a reverse because... That's, that's a... Starts with Chandler, and he's old, and then he becomes 17 again, of course, of course. And then this one's a 13, starts 13-year-old, goes to 30. Makes sense. It's a reverse. That's funny. That was a good movie, though. Uh, 2004, video short. The Animated Alias, Tribunal. Sid, the voice of Sidney Bristow. Uh, video short 2004, 13 going on 30, bloopers. Jenna Brink, uncredited. Now we know what uncredited means. It means that her name did not appear in the beginning or end credits on the movie. We looked that up last episode. Um, This was one that I remember coming out, but... Definitely didn't see any of it. Uh, Electra. She plays Electra. 2005. Let's see. 97 minutes. PG-13. Action, adventure, crime. Electra the warrior survives a near-death experience, becomes an assassin for hire, and tries to protect her two latest targets, a single father and his young daughter from a group of supernatural assassins. Uh, huh, don't recognize no other big names in it, really. Let's see who the director is. Who directed this? Rob Bowman. have not heard of you, Rob Bowman. Okay, here's her big TV series. That seems like a good place to leave it off for a second. All right, let's see. What do we got here? What do I want to tell you guys? Um, oh, yes. I just wanted to mention, this was a good memory, back from ninth grade, first period Spanish. So we actually had to, or we were able to, take the bus um, over to over to um, Bothell High School in the morning, take Spanish class there, and then we took the bus back over to our junior high school on the other side of Bothell. So that was pretty cool, uh, being able to take class at the high school because it's um 10 it was 10 through 12 when I was there so yeah that was pretty neat and then we would come back we'd always have like a half hour or something till our first till our um, next class so we just got like hang out eat chocolate chip cookies drink cartons of milk do homework if we had to just all in the cafeteria in the lunchroom but that was definitely a good memory. I I enjoyed doing that. Because then you just got to like procrastinate on your homework. And there's nothing better than procrastinating back in the day. Still, anytime. Everyone loves procrastinating, right? Um, Let's see. That's a hard habit to break. You just got to like... Sometimes you just got to do stuff. You just got to set... Just set everything down and do something if you need to. You know? Cross off your to-do list. Put put your priorities in order. Hmm. 
Oh, this was a fun question I was going to ask. So I've done this for some, like, channels. I've said what my, like, MTV show, what would my Comedy Central, etc. Um, here's one. What would my game show be? So what... What game show would I host? First thing that came to mind, I think it'd be on a yacht. It would be a yacht game show. And there would just be, like, a bunch of, like, nautical-themed games... Um, there'd be a giant slide off the top of the yacht, for sure. It'd probably be parked in the bay. Probably wouldn't be out at sea. Um, and then, I think, what would the point of the game show be? It would be, it'd be head-to-head competitions. So every, and then, and then it's like a 16, so 16 individuals enter, and it's just head-to-head tournament style until um we make it to the championship and then there you go and it's just head-to-head nautical themed some of them are diving into the water theme like that kind of stuff but we'll we'll have to come up with it in development but some of them are like playing ping pong on the yacht because that seems like something you would do on a yacht like play ping pong um taking tequila shots um I don't know. Who can apply sunscreen the fastest to themselves? All sorts of like beach themed stuff. Beach towels. Who can fold up the beach towel the fastest? Like imagine like Survivor meets uh oh what's that? Vanderpump rules. Never <laughs> never seen it, but I actually did just hear who was it was James I think it was James Vanderpump. He was on a the Soft Spot podcast, Julian McCullough's podcast. So I did just listen to that, but um, yeah, it would be like the kind of that kind of the Survivor Challenge kind of style thing. I like it. And it would be called Yacht <laughs> Yacht Yacht Z Yacht Z Zing. Yazing. That's no, I can't do that. Yazing the world. <laughs> hmm. Yacht. 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 We'll have to come up with the title. It's kind of boat, dreamboat. Try to come up with a yacht pun on the spot. Didn't even think about it. That's okay. It's okay. You can't win them all. Sometimes you grind out to the pitcher. Sometimes you hit a slow roller, just and the catcher just picks it up, throws you out at first. It's all good. Um, let's just let's just move on. Let's just move on from that. Ooh, let's move on. Here's a pick me up. Um, the AMC triple feature. Ooh, we talk about it every episode, baby. Okay, here, here let me um, set the table for y'all. It was June two thousand nine. And I was with my best bud growing up, Steve Nungrek. We were at AMC Movie Theater in Woodenville, right next to Target, uh, next to Qdoba, Eddie Bauer, all that stuff. Across the street from Hagen, used to be a Top Foods. Um, okay. <laughs> this is a, I just thought of, maybe, I'm still thinking about the yacht title. 
this is kind of out of the out of left field, but we could call it male yacht. Like um, there's an old ball player, an old baseball player named Mel Ott. So I'll tell you who he is, and then I'll get back to telling you about. It. Don't worry, I'll tell you about the AMC Triple Feature. Mel Ott, Master Melvin. <laughs> That's a weird name. Um, he, wow, he played a long time from 1926 to 1947. Uh, five foot nine, 170 pounds. But yeah, okay. So he's a Hall of Famer. Hey, he's a Hall of Famer. 1951. Had 2,876 hits, 511 home runs. So he's a member of the 500 home run club. Okay, yeah, there we go. We'll call it Mel Yacht. (laughs) Uh, That's kind of inside, that's inside baseball. That's literally inside baseball. Let's just make that the working title until I come up with another one. But meanwhile, I'll tell you about the AMC Triple Feature. So, we show up at AMC Woodenville. Get our tickets to the movie Year One. Talked about that episode four, the Paul Rudd episode. Uh, it was all right. It was okay. Nothing to write home about. Nothing to tweet about. I mean, we didn't really have Twitter back then, but actually, I think Twitter was around back in two thousand nine. But I did not have it. So after Year One, we went to The Hangover. That was a great movie. Classic, classic comedy. Um, kind of a simple plot, but just perfectly executed. Like, great acting. I mean, simple plot, but well-written still. And just thoroughly enjoyable. Loved it. Um, nothing else to say. Great movie. Recommend it. If you haven't seen it, watch it. And then after that, we went to Land of Lost. So, and also we talked about The Hangover in episode three, Brody Stevens. You got it. Positive energy. You got it. Yes. Um, Lane to the Lost. That was a Will Ferrell one. Talked about that episode one. Um, that was terrible. That was the worst one of them all. We looked up the TV show last episode. It was Sid and Marty Croft from the 70s. Um, just... It's like a fancy, like, sci-fi. I mean, I like some sci-fi, but... This one just did not hit home for some reason. Um, yeah, that was the old AMC triple feature. Um, let's see, what else do I want to tell you all about? I want to say... Oh, yeah, I wanted to say... This thing about my buddy Nick Anthony, I may have mentioned him. Hey, we did. We talked about the apple cup parties. So that, those were at the Anthony's house. And Dave Anthony is the Nick's dad. And just this one time, uh, Nick must have been in the car too. Because I was riding in the back seat. Uh, Dave Anthony was driving. And we drove by a sign that said, no shoulder driving. And he was like, he must have been joking around or something. Well, he was. Because he was like, what am I going to do? And then he, like, pretended he made the pantomime of driving with his shoulder. And then we all laughed because, like, we were like, that'd be so, that'd be difficult to drive with your shoulder. (laughs) That seems very dangerous. But also, you wouldn't need a sign to tell people not to do it. It seems 
Seems like you learned that in driver's ed, that's for sure. But that was such a funny joke. That like definitely like, carved out, shaped my sense of humor for sure. Cause I must have only been like twelve, like eleven, twelve. So still, um, still forming your sense of humor back then. Yeah, I thought that was so funny though. I still remember it now. So that was it was right by Redwood Golf Course. And uh, the complex, which is where all the baseball fields were that we used to play at back in uh, Little League and stuff. But yeah, Redwood Golf Course. Uh, Speaking of golf, I do remember uh, throwing golf clubs uh, when we mini-golfed at Valley View uh, Garden Golf in Great Falls, Montana. Uh, I gave them a shout-out before. We talked about all the 18 of their holes there. Um... It's a really nice mini golf course. Outdoors. I definitely like the outdoor mini golf better than the indoor. That's for sure. But I just thought it was funny how I was just like getting so mad about like we didn't have any like money riding on it. There's nothing. Just pride, I guess. Just bragging rights. But I was acting like Tiger. Tiger at the Masters or something. Wearing a red shirt. Wearing the red polo. I was probably just wearing a red t-shirt, but same same idea. Just throwing the golf clubs everywhere. God. Can you imagine being like the owner of the golf course and then just looking out and some kid's just so mad that he's just throwing? It seems that'd be dangerous. You could seriously injure someone with Aaron's golf club throw, that's for sure. But yeah, I used to do that kind of stuff all the time so <laughs> that's just what happened that's just how it is um let's see what else ah uh, yes there was that one time that the only time i ever have been golfing like real golfing it was at the country club in great falls and darren took me my cousin darren and i'm pretty sure my older brother nick was there as well and i think we got to drive a golf cart that must have been the best part uh, driving the golf cart because I just definitely remember like constantly taking hacks like being way worse than Charles Barkley like at least Charles Barkley makes contact I would take like 10 swings and like not even make contact excuse me and then when I finally did it'd be like a 15 yard shank but it's tough golfing's a very hard sport, so if you don't take lessons, I don't think there's anything to really be ashamed about if you you kind of just go in blindly if you you have no idea what you're doing I mean that's what i that's what happened to me um oh yeah, I also wanted to mention I talked about playing football growing up, talked about that a lot, but this one time, so we had a coach coach George. Uh, George Carlin, he's, I mentioned Rex Carlin, uh, the former newscaster, but that's his uncle. So George was our coach, maybe my coach for only one year, but he just, he, this one time, it was after the season had just ended, and like he showed up at our front door to like drop something off, and it was just so weird like seeing him like out of context, like not on the football field, not on the sideline. 
Just and like not like in a windbreaker, like a windbreaker and a hat and like carrying a clipboard. I just thought that memory stood out too for some reason. I was like, it's so weird seeing Coach George just dressed up normal, just at our front door. <laughs> like what? But I thought that was funny too. Um, that was a little just a little memory there. Um, another little memory. Ben Johnson went to. I went all the way back to elementary school with them. But he also went to school here in Pullman, here at Washington State. And I visited him, I think it was 2016, probably fall 2016. And he had a pet turtle. It was so, it was so neat. He had like a, what's it called, like a terranium, just in his apartment. It was like kind of like a townhouse. Um, pretty near my old apartment, by the uh, Greystone Church, which is a really cool, like, renovated old church that they turned into apartments for students. It's super cool. Um, it looks like a castle, basically. So, a castle, probably like a Transylvanian castle. That'd be a good travel channel show. Transylvanian castles. I would enjoy to watch that. Um, Terranium, yeah. I just was so impressed that he had that terranium. And I also, let's see what you feed. I wonder what you feed turtles. Let's say, what do turtles eat? What do turtles eat? Crickets, maybe? Yeah, insects. Um, commercial turtle pellets, fish pellets, gut-loaded insects which are bugs with nutrient-rich diets, earthworms, small fish. Okay. Very good. They eat fish? Dang. They eat crazy. I don't know if he had water around. I'm going to look up a turtle terranium. Turtle. That sounds like a great garage band. Turtle terranium. That would be like a... What genre of music would that be? Maybe... Ska Turtle Terranium Opening for 311 Yeah, I don't know if there has to be water in A Turtle Terranium It's a great name I'm going to write that down Turtle Write down on my uh, Flamingo Post-it right here There we go Using my Homewood Suites by Hilton Pen 1-800-CALL-HOME, homewoodsuites.com. If you want to sponsor a show, Homewood Suites, hit me up on uh, social media. Just gave you a free read there. Um, let's see. What else do I want to discuss before we get back to Jennifer? Um, oh, my gosh. Let's see. I love Sonic. Love Sonic. Let's cross out. We already talked about the Jen, Jen and Ben uh, rehab pick. Um, Google that if you haven't seen the Jennifer and the Benifer rehab pick. But um, I love Sonic, and the problem is, yeah, good segue right there. Right? Maybe that's what Ben Affleck was eating in the back seat there. Maybe he's eating Sonic. Hmm. But I love Sonic driving, and the problem is there's none. There's just none nearby. None in uh. There were none near Bothell. Not one in Pullman or Moscow. 
might be one in, let's see if there's one in Spokane. If there is, I'm going to be very excited. Let's see. Uh, Sonic Drive-In. Not the Supersonics. That makes me sad thinking of, gosh, we need, oh, no way. There is one in Moscow. There we go. <laughs> it closes. Guess how late this stays open. It's open till 3 a.m. What? Their hours are 6 a.m. to 3 a.m. That's insane. I never heard of that those kind of hours. Except for like Walmart and those kind of places. Wow. Sonic driving in Moscow goes hard. Um, very good. I'll have to go there actually sometime. When the snow clears up. Actually, the roads are, the roads are really clear today, so nothing to, nothing to fret about there. Um, let's see, what else, anything else I want to, let's do the Grantland, we always do the Grantland book, Bill Simmons' website for ESPN, before we moved on to the Ringa, um, this is Grantland number 10, oh yes, and I forgot to mention, the Grantland number 9, the cover of it, nine times, um, the cover of it looked like a football field. It's just green grass and the football um, yard lines. And right now, so I'm looking at Grantland number 10. Uh, the cover of this one is a bookshelf. Um, here's a book that says M&M slash Musburger by Closterman. Simmons, these are the articles, I guess. Uh, Simmons, Big Poppy, Bill Russell, uh, The Impact of 12 Years Twelve Years a Slave by Morris, LeBron, The Chess Master by Goldsberry, and yeah, there you go. So very cool. I like it. Um, Poppy. And now I'm holding a ticket. This is cool. It's Richmond Flying Squirrels. From August 7th, 2014. This is from the the Virginia wedding. I told you guys about this in one of the earlier episodes. Um, this was Fireworks Faith Night, number two. So I wonder if they had a, they must have had a Fireworks Faith Night before this too. I don't, I think we did stay for the fireworks too, actually. I believe we did. Um, this is only $7.00. Have fun, go nuts. And then it spells fun with two N's. So that's funny. And then their website, squirrelsbaseball.com. Um, cool. Did not expect to find that there. Nice little pleasant surprise. Let's, uh, here we go. Let's just read a little bit from, um, I'd like to find something movie related, not something sports related. Let's read about Lady Gaga. We, <laughs> it's perfect. A Star is Born. We just read about Miley Cyrus last, last time in Grantland number nine. So let's uh, let's read about Lady Gaga here. Represent A Star is Born. I'm off the deep end, watch as I dive in. I never leave the ground. All right. Art Pop vs. Commerce, Lady Gaga's Cult of Personalities, by Molly Lambert. 
You know, you know the saying that when somebody shows you who they are, believe them? Maybe an artist's singles really do predict what the album will be like. Miley Cyrus's first two singles were all over the place, and bangers followed suit. Katy Perry's Prism A-sides were safe and dark, respectively, and the album oscillates between uplifting and introspective. Lady Gaga released a bunch of scattershot singles that made it hard to imagine how her album would not add up, or would add up. And now we have art pop to connect the dots. As Gaga's third official album, it's neither as lightheartedly catchy as the fame, nor as pompously preachy as Born This Way. On art pop, Gaga doubles down on what made her a star in the first place. Stars born. Um, personality, theatrics, and big hooks you can hang weird hats on. As always, Gaga uses a Broadway vibrato. You will either love or find repulsive, probably depending on how you feel about Liza Minnelli. She was she was good in Arrested Development. Uh, they didn't say that there. I said that was my commentary. It's not always as exaggerated as it is on applause, but it's definitely present throughout. Gaga goes more nasal and guttural on this album than ever before, and it's a matter of personal taste. I liked it. She leans into the imp- imperfections in her voice. A rarity for a pop star of her stature, but that's why pop culture's in art in her. Gaga's insistence that art pop is about something that doesn't even grate on me, because of course it's about something. Wait, I butchered that, sorry. Gaga's insistence that art pop is about something doesn't even grate on me, because of course it's about something. We all agree that albums can be works of art, right? So why does pop music often get shunted aside? I love that word, shunted. As if it doesn't belong on the same plane as rock and rap and electronic music. Genreism is a vestige of the past. Ooh. There we go. I enjoy that phrase, genreism, too. That's a. I've never heard that, but I do like that. Genreism. Speaking of genres, shout out to my four favorite movie genres comedy, horror, heist, and reunion. Let's see if any of these Jennifer Gardner movies fall into them. Uh, this is a TV show. This is the big one for her. 2001 to 2006. Sydney Barstow, Bristow, slash Anna Espinosa. 105 episodes. Alias. I've never seen episodes of this one, I don't think. 42-minute episodes. Sydney Bristow is an international spy recruited out of college, trained for espionage and self-defense. So it's like a serious spy. Um, that Melissa McCarthy movie spy that we talked about. <laughs> Episode 8, Melissa McCarthy. I love a good spy movie. That's another one of my favorite genres. That kind of falls into like heist. It's kind of similar. 06, Catch and Release. She plays Grey. 07, The Kingdom. plays Janet Mays. Uh, 07, Juno. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's in. plays Vanessa Loring. She's uh, Jason Bateman's wife in this. This was the Ellen Page, Michael Sarah one. Uh, 96 Minutes, Comedy, Drama, Comdrom. Drum com. 
PG-13. Faced with an unplanned pregnancy, an offbeat young woman makes an unusual decision regarding her unborn child. Yeah, this was a good movie. This was a really serious one, too. So, get ready for it. Um, don't want to give you too much expectations going in, but let's see. Is there anything else here I wanted to check off? Oh, yes. This was something I wanted to talk about. This was kind of random, too. So, getting off Jennifer Gardner for a second. Let's talk about J.R. Hasty. I wonder if you guys recognize that name. Do you know the name J.R. Hasty? Um, so, let's let's see. I saw him play. He played for Bellevue. This happened September 5th, 2004. So, almost 15 years ago. Bellevue beat De La Salle 39-20. And why was that significant? Well, first of all, I was there. So, significant to me. And it was in front of 24,987 people at the second annual Emerald City Kickoff Classic at Questfield, which was used to be the name of the Seahawks Stadium before they changed it to CenturyLink, the clink. But it broke De La Salle's 151-game win streak, a streak that dated back to the start of the 1992 season. So that's why it was insane. And um, let's see. <clears throat> J.R. Hasty just went off in this game. This was like the peak of his athletic career. He rushed for 30 times, 271 yards, and scored on runs of 74 yards, 1 yard, 9 yards, and 2 yards. Um, but I say it was the peak of his athletic career because... He went to UW. He went to the University of Washington to be a Husky. But I don't think he ever played a single snap for them, even. So he, he struggled to get on the field. And then he went to Central Washington for his last season. And he only played, like, a couple games for them. So he fizzled out. Fizzled out, unfortunately. But he had a big moment, though. This was a huge moment in front of... 20, like 25,000 people. That's a big audience for a high school football game. And I just remember, like, because everyone in the crowd basically was cheering for Bellevue to upset them. And But Bellevue usually, they're like our De La Salle here in Washington. Like, they're always dominant, undefeated, the best team. I mean, they are a 3A, though. So we have a 4A is the highest. That's what Bothell was. Uh, my high school. So Bellevue's not in the highest division, but they're always undefeated, though. So it was weird to see them as an underdog. Um, oh, yeah, let's do the the old Calypso update. We do that every episode. David Sidaris's book, uh, his newest one from 2018. And I have not had the chance to read any more of it since last night. So I'm still on page 250. But good news is, only eight pages left in that book, so almost done. Crazy. Um, oh, yeah, and also, this is a good movie connection. Back to that Bellevue De La Salle game. So, 
Let's see. The Game Stands Tall. That's the name of the movie. Game Stands Tall. Is the name of the movie. When the Game Stands Tall. It's about De La Salle. Um, let's look. Let's look at it. Let's see it. Uh, 2014 sports drama film. Stars Jim Caviezel as coach Bob Laducier. And Laura Dern is in it as Bev Laducier. Michael Chiklis. Alexander Ludwig. And it's about the record-setting 151 game win streak. The film is an adaption of the 03 book by the same name by Neil Hayes. Published by North Atlantic Books. Um, let's see. Dale Sow head coach Bob Duker retired in January 2013 after winning his last Open Division State Championship in December 2012. Filming began April 22, 2013 and lasted until June 15, 2013. Film was released August 22, 2014. Only a $15 million budget. Box office $30.1 million. Cool. Okay. So yeah, that's if you want to know a little bit more about that uh, De La Salle Bellevue stuff. Check out When the Game Stands Tall. Very good. Very good. Okay. Quest Field. When did they change that name? Let's see when they changed the name. Because it used to be Quest forever, and then I love the the alley right outside Quest. Just a bunch of hot dog stands, bratwurst. Mm. Like they got popcorn, they got it received his current name in June twenty eleven. Okay. There we go. Um let's uh let's see, is there anything else I wanted to really say before we get over to I wanna mention oh one of my favorite hobbies is Googling pics. I may have alluded to this before. One of my favorite hobbies, Googling pics of uh, McDonald's and Starbucks from around the world. I just love that. I'm going to do that right now. Let's look at some McDonald's from around the world. Um, I love doing it. I'll just like lay in bed or something. Just look at. Oh, I'll also look at Starbucks drinks. I like looking at those too for some reason. Alright, when I search McDonald's around the world, it just comes up with a bunch of pictures of burgers and stuff, so that's no good. That's not what I... Let's go Starbucks around... Starbucks around the world. Um, yeah, so here we go. So here's one. I think this one's somewhere in Asia. Super cool, like, temple kind of looking. Oh, here's a bunch of the Starbucks... Um, that, that, uh, international collection mugs, where are those called? You know, I've talked about mine, Canada and Wisconsin. Um, wow, this Starbucks, this looks like a train station. This looks like Penn Station or Grand Central. This one, this one's a cabin. It's a Starbucks, it's like a cabin. I love it. Speaking of cabins, the three places I would like to live, I want to live in my life. A cabin on a lake, a cottage in a forest, and a high-rise in the city. 
there we go. Maybe maybe we'll be a former Starbucks. You never know. Um, this one, it's like green and it looks kind of like a, maybe, I don't know, maybe like a building in Mexico. It almost has that, what do you say, like New Mexico, like the Adobe kind of architecture. Um, that Southwest look. See if there's any other good ones here. There's a bunch of maps. There's one that looks like kind of like an island. It's like a shack almost. A Starbucks shack. Um, cool. Yeah, so there we go. Now you guys. Oh, wow. This one is like an Urban Outfitters. That's a good one to end on. It looks like you guys know how Urban Outfitters has all that wood paneling and the. That kind of stuff. It has a yellow door. This looks like a super nice Starbucks. It's in Singapore. Wow. That is nice. I like Urban Outfitters too. I've gotten a couple funny shirts from there. I remember getting this one. This was like in high school. I, I got a purple shirt. that had a picture of a penguin wearing sunglasses on it. I used to rock that all the time. That was one of my favorite shirts. Ah, uh, I'll have to think of my favorite shirts, brainstorm them. This one's Lexington, Kentucky. Just like a brick building, basically. Mm, University of Kentucky, Wildcats. Here's a Welcome to Las Vegas Starbucks mug. That's a really cool one. It's like McDonald's colors. Um, cool, yeah. There's your Starbucks talk. Lots of Starbucks drinks out here. Some purple cake. Uh, wow. Okay, cool. Let's, let's get out of here. Enough enough Starbucks. Enough Starbucks talk. Enough uh, advertising for the company that helped steal the Sonics from Seattle. Come on. Teamed up with the NBA to take them away. To Oklahoma City. <laughs> that was fun, though. I like doing that. We'll have to do that again. We'll make that a regular segment. Looking at some sort of... Because I... I like looking at like that quirky kind of stuff. Like the other night, I was looking at yurts. We'll have to do that. We'll look at yurts. An upcoming... Ep- look forward to that. <laughs> look forward to a yurt deep dive. But speaking of yurt... Um, fro yurt. I, I should have... Should have gone to a yurt to get my frozen yogurt earlier today. Because that's like a business that I really want to open. is a fro yurt store. So check that. I also want to open a pancake store. Oh yeah, I came up with their name. So we have, for my pancake store that I would like to open, Flapjack in the Box and the Pancake Boss. Kind of like the Cake Boss, the Pancake Boss. I like it. Um, oh yes, this is, I'm circling, all right, so that's a, that's your pancake talk, circling way back around here, I may not have mentioned it, maybe I did mention this, but for the Simpsons episode, I chose the one where Homer climbs the mountain, because West Virginia, um, which is the state for this episode, as you can see in the podcast description, they're the West Virginia Mountaineers. For the university. 
So that is why I went with that one. Um, it always has a connection, you know? Uh, everything's connected. I heard someone say that. Everything's connected. <laughs> Maybe that was in the Matrix. Um, let's see. Anything else I really... Oh, speaking of West Virginia, the only time I've ever been to West Virginia is when I went to the Charlestown horse races. That was during the East Coast baseball trip. That I went out with my dad, Uncle Steve, and Cousin Matt back in summer of 2008. Um, they lived in the D.C. in the D.C. suburb. And um, not Charleston. It's a Charlestown. But yes. So we, we ventured over to Charlestown, West Virginia. Not Charleston. Not where Jennifer Gardner's from. But that was such a fun trip. I loved going to the... I loved going to the East Coast. I definitely want to do that again sometime soon. I love traveling. I want to travel internationally, though. That's why I really... I really would like to do that. I would like to go to Europe. We'll talk about that. We'll we'll get into all that. Uh, horse racing. Yeah, so here it is. It's Hollywood Casino. Hollywood Casino in Charlestown races. That's the one that I went to with uh, Uncle Steve, my dad, probably Cousin Brett, Cousin Matt. Maybe Aunt Maureen was there, too. Uh, come experience the thrill of live thoroughbred horse racing under the lights all year long. All year long. 365 days a year? Um, That's crazy. You cannot do horse racing in the Northwest and like be too rainy in the winter. Uh, home to the $1.25 million Charlestown Classic Race for the Ribbon and West Virginia Breeders Classic. Hollywood Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races offers some of the nation's best full-field cards for thoroughbred horse races near Washington, D.C. We also offer simulcast horse and dog racing. Oh, like Greyhound? Like Sans Little Helper? Uh, around the country. Also, they simulcast the horse and dog racing. I see. I see. And they offer that 365 days a year. Cool. So... That just reminds me of, um, I was with Brett, uh, Brett Hogue, my buddy, and his girlfriend Kimmy, and then one of her friends, I can't remember his name, but he lives up in Bellingham, near Western, uh, the school I went to for one year back in 2012-2013, but we went to a casino, and that was super fun, like, I'm not a gambler at all, I don't even play blackjack really, but I for some reason and I don't like like sniffing like secondhand smoke either. And people still smoke in casinos. But I mean I think it's legal for them. Yeah, they were smoking in that casino. So that's pretty annoying, but for some reason I just like walking around casinos and just all the lights, all the TVs. They're all on like sports channels, like Around the Horn is on or something. PTI is on. I'm like, I have like a cup of water or something. Grab. There's always some food. I don't know. It's always like climate controlled, air conditioned. Casinos, it's kind of fun. <laughs> Even if you don't gamble. It's fun to watch people gamble too. 
always enjoyed always enjoyed watching people gamble oh yeah oh yeah um let me circle back around to this is like the circle back around podcast let's circle back around to when i was talking about ben johnson and his turtle i was just wondering that's like that's kind of funny like they didn't have a there's no clause in the lease the lease agreement that said no turtles like that's not like a violation of his lease i was kind of I was kind of surprised by that. Like, that'd be funny if cause of, because of him, they had to put in a, a, specific, a specific clause that said no turtles or no reptiles. That would just be funny. It's the Ben Johnson rule. Um, yeah, let's get... Cool. We're having... We're goofing. We're having fun over here. I'm holding it down over here in uh, Starsborn headquarters. It's a beautiful day out there. Blue skies. It actually looks like the Palouse, the hills, the snow starting to melt out there, it looks like. They're almost returning back to their brown color. Not as white as they used to be. Um, wow, here we go. It is melting. Pullman is melting today. It's supposed to be warmer for the next week, too. So it's going to be like this. This snow might disappear. They might not have to do that uh, parking lot snow removal. We'll see. All right, here we go. Just talk about Juno. All right, excuse me. Let me get a sip of... Actually, I'm going to stand up and stretch my legs, jaunt on over, and get some iced coffee here. There we go. Very good. That's exactly what the doctor ordered. Wow, it's so interesting seeing this. Richmond Squirrels, Flying Squirrels, Ticken. I wonder who came up with a name for that team. Like, nobody thinks of Flying Squirrels when they think of Richmond, Virginia. Like, I would think like NASCAR almost. Like, they could be like the. I don't, I'm like they could be the Pistons, like the Detroit Pistons. Let's copy them. The tires, the wheels. The driving wheels, <laughs> the the manual. I don't know. I'm not a big car person. I don't know a lot of car stuff. But flying squirrels is kind of a random name for for Richmond, I think. But then the Binghamton Mets. They just stole the name of the of their the New York Mets, like the team that they're an affiliate of. Like, how can they do that? That doesn't make any sense. But that was just making, looking at this ticket, it's just making me think of, like I've heard um, a lot of professional teams are going digital only on the tickets. Like only on your cell phone. I just think that's so wacky. Like no physical ticket anymore? What? Like old, old man Arneson over here. I can't understand the concept of that. So weird. A video short from 2008. The Pussycat Dolls. I hate this part. TV series 2008. Great performances. Plays Roxanne. One episode. Um, but I have, <laughs> I have to harp on that ticket on your phone thing more. Like, what if your phone, like... I guess you can never run out of battery anymore. You have to always be prepared. Always have your charger. Know where nearby outlet is. 
you have to rely a lot on technology. I mean, I kind of like the idea of having a physical ticket. That's just me, but kind of old school in some ways, I guess. Like, I like holding, like, a magazine, reading it. Um, sometimes I like holding a newspaper. Especially when I'm traveling. Like, I love, like, reading a newspaper from, like, like a town's newspaper when I'm at the hotel. Like, reading the hometown, like, the the Walla Walla Post or something. The Yakima Tribune. The, the Pasco Pelican. Um, yeah, I like reading the newspaper from the hometowns and... I like holding it and feeling what the print feels like, feeling the paper, the thickness of the paper. I don't know, that's just me. I guess I'm that's my writer. And I don't like I said, I don't like reading ebooks. I don't like Kindle. But you can also if you like Kindle, if you use it, get my books on Kindle. It's only two ninety nine on Kindle for my books, so not bad price. Not bad. Not bad at all. Okay, here we go. Let's get to it. Let's get back to it. 2009. She plays Jenny Perotti in Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, 2009. The Invention of Lying plays Anna McDougals. McDougals? Alright, let's see what the Ghosts, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past is. It's 100 minutes. Rom com fancy. PG-13. Michael Douglas is in it too. And Breckenmeyer. And Lacey Chabert from Mean Girls. Alright. While attending his brother's wedding, a serial womanizer is haunted by the ghosts of his past girlfriends. You can't use the title of the movie in the description. That's like... That's like using a word in its definition. Like, you can't... When you, when you're, I mean, right? <laughs> when you're writing a definition of a word, you can't use it in the definition. And when you're writing a plot of a movie, you can't use the the title of the movie to describe what it's about. Come on now, come on. I could have figured that part out. I could have figured out there was ghosts from his girlfriend's past because it's the title. It's the title. Let's see what The Adventure of Lying is, too, because I've heard about this one. This was Ricky Gervais' movie. He directed it and starred in it. Jonah Hill was in it, too. And Louis C.K. Louis C.K. pre-controversy. Jeffrey Tambor. Rob Lowe. Tina Fey. Wow. It has some stars in it. Um, a comedy set in a world where no one has ever lied until a writer sees his opportunity for personal gain. Comedy fancy romance. Rom-com fancy. Very good, very good. Okay. It's a British movie, though. And I just... Oh, man. I don't want to, like, generalize or anything. But for the most part, from my experiences watching British movies, I do not really understand British humor. <laughs> I just don't get it. I think it's like so dry or something or it's so witty. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like too smart for me. I might not be smart enough for British humor, but it's cute. 
like British humor is cute, I think. It's cheeky. So I think I, I'm, I guess I'm not that cutesy cheeky. Who knows? Maybe I just don't watch enough. I need to watch more BBC. I need to start watching the Great, Bitter, Great British Bake Off. Heard about that. My mom watches that. I think it's pretty big. I think it's pretty popular. Um, you can add to your Netflix queue. If you'd like. Uh, speaking of add, adding stuff to your Netflix queue. Definitely add Marie Kondo's show to your Netflix queue too. Check that out. I watched one episode of that and I loved it. Loved it. Can't wait to watch more. Um, okay, back to Jenny G. 2010. Valentine's Day. Everyone was in this one. Julia Fitzpatrick. Alright, let's see who's... Let's see who's not in this movie. Uh, Jessica Alba. Alright, this is people who's in it here. Jessica Alba. Kathy Bates. Jessica Biel. So both Jessicas. Bradley Coops. Eric Dane. Patrick Dempsey. Jamie Foxx. Uh, Topher Grace. Anne Hathaway. Ashton Kutcher. Queen Latifah. Taylor Lautner. So it's kind of like... I guess it's not really as famous as people as I thought. But those are all... Those are all A-listers for sure. Uh, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a marathon of a movie right here. It's a rom-com. 125-minute rom-com. Holy cow. You won't even have time to go to dinner after this one. On your Valentine's Day date. PG-13. It's not even rated R either. It can't be that good if it's not rated R. <laughs> Intertwining couples and singles in Los Angeles break up and make and make up based on the pressures and expectations of Valentine's Day. See, they use the title of the movie in the plot description as well. But that wasn't as egregious, though. <laughs> uh, 2011, Arthur. She plays Susan. What was this? Was this one? Russell Brand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Russell Brand. Yeah. Russell Brand, isn't it? Isn't it? It's Arthur, isn't it? That's that's how I've heard someone say that that's how you do a British accent. You just have to end every sentence in the question. Hey, lovely day outside, isn't it? <laughs> God, that's rough. That's a rough accent. Nice day out, isn't it? Gov- governor, ain't it? Uh, Arthur, a drunken playboy stands to lose a wealthy inheritance when he falls for a woman's woman his family does not like. Rom-com, 110 minutes, PG-13. Greta Gerwig, the mumblecore queen. Greta Gerwig's in it. (laughs) Mumblecore. Gosh. How is that like a genre? That's, oh man, I'm I'm being a, promoting genreism right now. Making fun of the mumblecore genre. I'm being a genreist. I gotta stop doing that. Uh, At least I realized it while I was doing it. Oh, okay. This is a top three. Let's, this is a good teaser. This next one is definitely going to be in the top three for uh, for Jennifer Gardner. But let's um, let's read a little bit of Oliver Sacks, The Man Who Mistook His Wife 
for a hat and other clinical tales. Um, and Oliver says, so this is chapter 15, Reminiscence. Mrs. O.C. was somewhat deaf, but otherwise in good health. She lived in an old people's home. One night in January 1979, she dreamt vividly, nostalgically of her childhood in Ireland, and especially of the songs that they danced to and sang. When she woke up, the music was still going, very loud and clear. I must still be dreaming, she thought, but this was not so. She got up, roused and puzzled. It was the middle of the night. Someone, she assumed, must have left a radio playing. But why was the only person to be disturbed why was she the only person to be disturbed by it? She checked every radio she could find. They were all turned off. Then she had another idea. She had heard that dental fillings could sometimes act like a crystal radio, picking up stray broadcasts with unusual intensity. That's it, she thought. One of my fillings is playing up. It won't last long. I'll get it fixed in the morning. She complained to the night nurse, who said her fillings looked fine. At this point, another notion occurred to Mrs. O.C. What sort of radio station, she reasoned to herself, would play Irish songs, definitely in the middle of the night? Songs, just songs, without introduction or comment, and only songs that I know. What radio station would play my songs and nothing else? At this point, she asked herself, is the radio in my head? She was now thoroughly rattled, and the music continued deafening. Her last hope was her ENT man, the autologist she was seeing. He would reassure her, tell her it was just noises in the ear, something to do with her deafness, nothing to worry about. But when she saw him in the course of the morning, he said, No, Mrs. O.C., I don't think it's your ears. A simple ringing or buzzing or rumbling? Maybe. But a concert of Irish songs? That's not your ears. Maybe, he continued. You should see a psychiatrist. Mrs. O.C. arranged to see a psychiatrist the same day. No, Mrs. O.C., the psychiatrist said, it's not your mind. You are not mad. And the mad don't hear music. They only hear voices. You must see a neurologist, my colleague, uh, my colleague, Dr. Sachs. And so Mrs. O.C. came to me. Conversation was far from easy, partly because of Mrs. O.C.'s deafness, but more because I was repeatedly drowned out by songs. She could only hear me through the softer ones. She was bright, alert, not delirious or mad, but with a remote, absorbed look, as of someone half in a world of their own. I could find nothing neurologically amiss. Nonetheless, I suspected that the music was neurological. What could have happened with Mrs. O.C. to bring her to such a pass? She was 88 in an excellent general health, with no hint of fever. She was not on any medications which might unbalance her excellent mind, and, manifestly, she had been normal the day before. Do you think it's a stroke, doctor? She asked, reading my thoughts. It could be, I said, though I've never seen a stroke like this. Something has happened, that's for sure. But I don't think you're in danger. Don't worry and hold on. It's not so easy to hold on, she said, when you're going through what I'm going through. I know it's quiet here, but I'm in an ocean of sound. That is a good place to leave off there. That's a really interesting book, it seems like. I've not read any of it, but for some reason, I guess I thought it looked interesting because I brought it with me, and it's with me here in Pullman. Brought it with me on the move, so um, let's get back to Jennifer. All right, here's a movie that I really love. Top three right here. She plays Laura Pickler, 2011. Butter. 
this this one's on Netflix. You can add this too. I would definitely recommend you added this to your um, Netflix queue. 90 minutes, rated R. Dramcom. Um, Ty Burrell's in it. So Phil, Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Um, Kirsten Shaw. Uh, has some other people too, but they're just not listed on IMDb for some reason. In Iowa, let's see. Oh, here's the people. Olivia Wilde's in it. Rob Corddry from Children's Hospital. Um, Ashley Green. I think she's from Twilight, right? Uh, Alicia Silverstone from um, Clueless. And Hugh Jackman's in it. Mr. Wolverine. Mr. Wolverine. In Iowa, an adopted girl discovers her talent for butter carving and finds herself pitted against an ambitious local woman in their town's annual contest. So it's a movie all about, it's set at a state fair, uh, the Iowa State Fair. It's all about butter carving. And it's also, there's, there's some other stuff that goes down. There's some, um, how should I say? You'll just have to watch it. It's really fun. It's like a fun... I love a good state fair movie, too. Like a good, like, carnival movie. That's one of my other favorite. It's not really a genre. That's more like a setting. But it's a good setting for movies. A, an amusement park, theme park, a carnival. I love it in Zombieland when, when they go to the abandoned theme park. All the roller coasters. Oh, man. That's such a... That's like one of my favorite movies. That might be my favorite. It's a comedy, though, for sure. Definitely my favorite zombie movie. That's easy. Um, Shaun of the Dead was alright. Shaun of the Dead was pretty good. That's a British movie, though. Like I was just talking about earlier. Have trouble with the British. Hey, it's a zombie. He's gonna eat our face, ain't he? <laughs> That bloody zombie gonna eat our face, isn't he? Um, definitely watch butter. And put butter in your TV fridge. What? What's in the fridge? Butter. All right. Serena is a short from 2012. She plays Serena. 2012, The Odd Life of Timothy Green plays Cindy Green. 2013. Dallas Buyers Club plays Eve. This one got some Oscar buzz. I believe I watched this. I definitely saw the beginning. 117 minutes, biography, drama, rate R, 1985, Dallas. Dallas, Texas. Electrician and hustler Ron Woodruff works around the system to help AIDS patients get the medication they need after he is diagnosed with the disease. Uh, Jared Leto, Zinu Joker, Z Joker, uh, Steve Zahn, oh my gosh, I've mentioned it, but Steve Zahn and Modern Family is so funny, okay, that's before Magic got AIDS, 1985, I was listening to, I think this was, yeah, this Adam Carolla was saying this when I was listening to him today. Uh, he was saying there should be a Magic Johnson AIDS documentary. I was like, that'd be kind of interesting. 
even though I, I still, there's too many documentaries out there. I, I would miss it. I can't keep up with all the, all the Netflix stuff, all the, this is a great movie. Here we go. 2014. I haven't seen this one, but I would really like to. Draft Day. Boom. Who she plays? She plays, um, Allie. Kevin Costner is a star here. At the NFL Draft, General Manager Sonny Weaver has the opportunity to rebuild his team when he trades for the number one pick. Um, so he's a GM of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> so, so he's a he's a Sisyphus. He's the, he's the Sisyphus of the GMs. He must decide what he's willing to sacrifice on a life-changing day for a few hundred young men with NFL dreams. Yeah, I want to see Drafter. Um, let's see. Let's hop on over. Here, he'll be something fun. Let's do a new book. I'm introducing a new, brand new book that this guy was a big inspiration for me. This author, um, Tuesday, he wrote Tuesdays with Maury, Mitch Album, a number one New York Times bestseller. Once again, something that I aspire. That's one of my goals. One of my professional and creative goals to be a number one New York Times bestseller. Gosh, gosh, wow. That'd be awesome. But this one, I think this is his newest book. It's called The First Phone Call from Heaven. Uh, actually, no, it's not his newest one. Not at all. 2013. Um, let's just read a little bit of it. Just just see what's about. Let's just start from the beginning. Here we go. But I would definitely recommend reading um, Tuesdays with Maury if you have not. That's a classic book. He spends... So basically the plot of that one is um, non-fiction. He spends, uh, I think like once a week, he visits this old man who's in the hospital and has like a terminal disease. And he's dying. And he just goes and visits him and asks him about his life. And the old man just tells him stories and stuff. It's amazing. Um, So here we go. This is the first phone call from heaven. The week it happened. On the day the world received his first phone call from heaven, Tess Raverty was unwrapping a box of tea bags. Dring! She ignored the ring and dug her nails into the plastic. Dring! She clawed her forefinger through the bumpy part on the side. Dring! Finally, she made a rip, then peeled off the wrapping and scrunched it in her palm. She knew the phone would go to the answer machine if she didn't grab it before one more. Dring! Hello? Too late. Ah, this thing, she mumbled. She heard the machine click on her kitchen counter as it played her outgoing message. Hi, it's Tess. Leave your name and number. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. A small beep sounded. Tess heard static, and then, It's Mom. I need to tell you something. Tess stopped breathing. The receiver fell from her fingers. Her mother died four years ago. Dring! The second call was barely audible. Over a boisterous police station argument, a clerk had hit the lottery for $28,000, and three officers were debating what they'd do with such luck. You pay your bills. That's what you don't do. A boat. Pay your bills. Not me. A boat. Dring! Jack Sellers, the police chief, backed up towards his small office. If you pay your bills, you just rack up new bills, he said. The men continued arguing as he reached for the phone. 
Coldwater police, seller speaking. Static. Then a young man's voice. Dad? It's Robbie. Suddenly, Jack couldn't hear the other men. Who the heck is this? I'm happy, Dad. Don't worry about me, okay? Jack felt his stomach tighten. He thought about the last time he'd seen his son, clean-shaven with a soldier's tight haircut, disappearing through airport security en route to his third tour of duty. His last tour of duty. It can't be you, Jack whispered. Bring! Pastor, Pastor Warren wiped saliva from his chin. He'd been napping on his couch at the Harvest of Hope Baptist Church. Bring! Coming! He struggled to his feet. The church had installed a bell outside his office because at 82, his hearing had grown weak. Bring! Pastor, it's Catherine Yellen. Hurry, please. He hobbled to the door and opened it. Hello, cat. But she was already past him, her coat half-buttoned, her reddish hair frazzled as if she dashed out of the house. She sat on the couch, rose nervously, then sat again. Please know I'm not crazy. No, dear. Diane called me. Who called you? Diane. Warren's head began to hurt. Your deceased sister called you? This morning I picked up the phone. She grabbed her handbag and began to cry. Warren wondered if he should call someone for help. She told me not to worry, Catherine rasped. She said she was at peace. This was a dream then. No, no, it wasn't a dream. I spoke to my sister. Tears fell off the woman's cheeks. She dropped, uh, dropping faster than she could wipe them away. We've talked about this, dear. I know, but you miss her. Yes, and you're upset. No, Pastor. She told me she's in heaven. Don't you see? She smiled, a beatific smile, a smile Warren had never seen on her face before. I'm not scared of anything anymore, she said. Dring! A security bell sounded and a heavy prison gate slid across the track. A tall, broad-shouldered man named Sullivan Harding walked slowly, a step at a time, head down. His heart was racing, not at the excitement of his liberation, but at the fear that someone might yank him back. Forward, forward, he kept his gaze on the tips of his shoes. Only when he heard approaching noise on the, uh, on the gravel, light footsteps coming fast, did he look up. Jules, his son... He felt two small arms wrap around his legs, felt his hands sink into a mop of the boy's curly hair. He saw his parents, mother in a navy windbreaker, father in a light brown suit, their faces collapsing as they fell into a group embrace. It was chilly and gray, and the street was slick with rain. Only his wife was missing from the moment, but her absence was like a character in it. Sullivan wanted to say something profound, but all that emerged from his lips was a whisper. Let's go. Moments later, their car disappeared down the road. It was the day the world received its first phone call from heaven. What happened next depends on how much you believe. Boom, boom. That's chapter one right there. Very good. I actually did read that book. I remember liking it. It was a good one. Um, yeah, so check out. But if you're going to read, I'm telling you right now, though, if you're going to read Mitch album and you haven't read him before, start with Tuesdays with Maury. That's his best work. Uh, let's get back to Jenny J. Men, Women, and Children from 2014. Patricia Beltmeyer. Which place? Um, 2014. Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Which plays Kelly Cooper. Uh, I'm still thinking about casinos 
And I do remember going to a casino. It was in, what was it called? Kingsgate. That was like Stephen's old neighbor, Stephen Ungerich's old neighborhood. He used to live kind of over in Woodenville almost. And there was a casino right over there, right by the Pizza Bank. Um, got a bank. Oh, <laughs> what if someone just, I'd like to walk in. If I was ever on Punked, my episode would just be walking into the Pizza Bank and trying to open an account. <laughs> so like, can I open just with like a fat sack of money? Like, I'd like to open an account here, please. <laughs> or be like, can I take out a loan? I'll take a loan. Can I take a loan out on Cheesy Sticks? <laughs> okay. okay. Do you guys do you guys offer loans on your pizzas? That's good stuff. A pizza cash deposit. Um. Anyway, we would go to the casino there, right across the street. Uh, right down the hill from the Kingsgate pool, where my sister and brother would, they were on the swim teams there. I was never on the swim team, though. Um, I've told you guys, I was never a big swimmer. Um, I mean, I did it for fun. Definitely like doing it more in natural bodies of water, but never competitively. Somehow, somehow got by without ever doing that. I don't know. I mean, I played basketball, though, just recreationally, I guess, so. Never really seriously, but basketball's the same season as swimming, I suppose. But, yeah, we would go. I would go with my friends over there. Can't remember the name of the casino, but... It was, um... Tiny, too. A tiny casino. Probably only three or four blackjack tables. No slot machines. I think there was a poker table and, like, a... Like, a hidden back room. That you weren't allowed into unless you had like a secret password or something. Um, but I never really, I probably played there a couple times. But most of the time I would just grab a free drink because they had free soda. That was nice. Grab some like Dr. Pepper or something. I do like Dr. Pepper. Definitely, that'll be my plug. I, I never did a, a plug for something random at the beginning of the episode when I was doing my plugs. So I will make it Dr. Pepper just because I think it's so much better than like Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Kind of like the same idea, but I just prefer it. Prefer it way more. That's just my personal taste, though, maybe. I think taste buds are different for everyone, for sure. But my doctor, I see the Dr. Pepper, the good Dr. Pepper. Um, 2015. Danny Collins she plays Samantha Leigh Donnelly. This was the one with... Is that Al Pacino that plays Danny Collins? It is. Yep. Uh, uh, hoo-ah. <laughs> I, when I was trying... I was, just came to mind um, was Robert Downey Jr.'s voice from Tropic Thunder. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Uh, Al Oh, oh my gosh. Here's what I'm going to pull up right now. I'm going to pull up Al Pacino's uh, speech from his speech from any given Sunday. It's one of the most inspirational things I have ever. Um, let's here we go. And I'll, I'll do the I'll do the speech in his voice. It's that might be my favorite movie speech. I did a Denzel's speech from back in episode nine. I did Denzel's speech from 
remember the Titans over when they're over uh, in Gettysburg. Um, let's see, any given Sunday. That was a good speech. Denzel's was good. Um, I need the script. Here it is. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. So if you haven't seen Any Given Sunday, it's a movie about it's like an NFL movie. And I think this is like halftime of a really big game. And Al Pacino's a coach. So here we go. I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes. Three minutes to the biggest battle of our professional lives. All comes down to today. Either we heal as a team or we are going to crumble inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen, believe me. And we can stay here and get the shit kicked out of us or we can fight our way back into the light. I'm not going to try to do his voice anymore. We can climb out of the hell one inch at a time. Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around and see these young faces and think, I mean, I made every wrong choice a middle-aged man can make. I pissed away all my money, believe it or not, chased off anyone who has ever loved me, and lately I came and stand in the face I see in the mirror. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. That's That's part of life, but... You only learn that when you start losing stuff. You only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out that life is just a game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half step too late or too early, you don't quite make it. One half second too slow or too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that inch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone around us to pieces for that inch. We claw. That's the best part. That's the best part of the whole speech right here. Is he does the he does the clawing motion with his fingers, and so you gotta watch the video of the speech. We claw with our fingers for that inch. Do that one. We claw with our fingers for that inch. Because we know when it add up all those inches, that's going to make that effing difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I'll tell you this. In any fight, is a guy who's willing to die who's going to win that inch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that inch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. That's another great part of the speech. He holds out his hand. The six inches in front of your face. Now, I can't make you do it. You got to look at that guy next to you. Look at it in his eyes. Now, I think you're going to see a guy who go that inch with you. You're going to see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're going to do the same thing for him. That's a team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. That's football, guys. That's all it is.
Now what are you going to do? Boom. Drop the microphone. Drop the mic. That's such an inspirational speech. That speech gives me goosebumps. I'm going to watch it after this podcast for sure. After I wrap this thing up, I'm going to watch that speech for sure. You claw your fingers for that inch. <laughs> He's, he says, oh my gosh, he's like full Al Pacino in this. But let's go back to Danny Collins. We'll talk about that more in the uh, Al Pacino episode. Um, this is about an aging rock star decides to change his life when he discovers a 40-year-old letter written to him by John Lennon. Wow. Cool. John Lennon's still alive, though, right? How is there not a John Lennon movie? Maybe there is. I'll have to see that. Let's see if there's a John Lennon movie. If not, there will be. I'm sure there will be. Oh, what am I saying? (laughs) Of course John Lennon was... Of course he was assassinated in 1980. That was was on Monday Night Football. (laughs) Um, I'm thinking of Ringo... I must be thinking of Ringo, who's the one who's still alive. Yes, yes. He was, he had the famous, he was murdered in the archway of his Manhattan apartment. The Wasn't it the Dakota Hotel? I think it was. Yep, the Dakota. His residence in New York City, December 8th, 1980. And then um, the first media report of Len's death to a U.S. national audience was announced by Howard Cosell on ABC's Monday Night Football. How I guess see, I I'm interested to see when. Okay, so Monday Night Football was on ABC from 1970 to 05. Sounds about right. I definitely remember. Sorry to jump away from John Lenn so quickly, but thinking of Monday Night Football, I just remember. Um, Jason Seahorn making crazy, some crazy play on Monday Night Football. So I'm going to search that. But first I'm going to search John Lennon movie. We'll see that. So I think it looks like there is one. But now I want to go Jason Seahorn. Um, He was a cornerback. He was a white cornerback for the New York Giants. Um, One of the only white cornerbacks in the history of the NFL. Um... Let's see. Played 1994 to 02 for the Giants and 03 for the Rams. Went to college at USC, Southern Cal. I want to see Jason Seahorn Monday Night Football, though. I swear he had, like, a crazy play. I think I remember watching it, like, a pizza place. Monday Night Football. It may have been a, maybe it was like a team party or something. Hmm. Maybe I'm thinking of Chad Pennington. (laughs) Chad Pennington, the old quarterback for the Jets. Let's see when Chad Pennington retired. See what he's up to. Um, Went to Marshall University. Marshall had some big players come out. Randy Moss went to Marshall. Byron Lefwich went to Marshall. Chad Pennington. Uh, 
yay, 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 2000, drafted. Wow, so he was, I'm surprised he wasn't drafted earlier. He played for the Jets from 2007, from the Dolphins, 08 to 10. Okay. Had 102 career touchdown passes, 64 interceptions. That seems like a lot of interceptions. 64. Yikes. Uh, He was... Wow, this is funny. He won the Comeback Player of the Year award not once, but twice. (laughs) How do you... (laughs) That should be against the rules for the Comeback Player of the Award. You can't win that award twice. You can't... What? Maybe you can. I mean, he did. I suppose he didn't, but... I just think, I don't know, in my opinion, the point of that award is that it's supposed to be only given to people once, right? Maybe not. Seems all right. (laughs) I changed my point of view. No. I'm jumping all over the place. Um, No, I think you should only win that once. I think that it's kind of like most improved. Like once you win the most improved award, you probably shouldn't be able to win it again. Because once you've gotten better, then unless you regress, then come on, come on, man, that's terrible. I'm trying to look at see if there's any um John Landon movies. There's a British biographical drama film called Nowhere Boy, came out in 2009, about John Lennon's adolescence, his relationships with his aunt Mamie Smith and his mother Julia Lennon. And the creation of his first band, The Quarry Men, and its evolution into the Beatles. Wait, what's the. So, The Quarry Men were a British skiffle. What's skiffle? Skif- skiffle is a musical genre. So, don't be genreist against it. Don't be a genreist. It's, um, has jazz, blues, folk, and American folk influences. It's a combination of manufactured and homemade improvised instruments. I like the name Skiffle or Skyfle. Uh, and its cultural origins are the southern U.S. Okay. But they were from England, so. It's a, it's a Skyfle band, ain't it? Uh, originally consisting of Lennon and several schoolhood friends, the quarrymen took their name from a line in the school song of Quarry Bank High School, which they attended. Lennon's mother, Julia Lennon, taught her son to play the banjo and then showed Lennon and Eric Griffiths how to tune their guitars to, to a simple way, in a simple way to the banjo. Similar way, excuse me. And taught them simple chords and songs. The Quarry Men. So then... They evolved into the Beatles. Is that what? Is that what they're saying? Um, the group made. Let's see. The Corey men played at parties, school dances, cinemas, and amateur skiffle, skiffle contests before Paul McCartney joined the band in October 1957. George Harrison joined the band early 1958 at McCartney's recommendation. Though Lennon initially resisted because he felt Harrison still 14 when he first introduced to Lennon to be too young. 
both McCartney and Harrison attended the Liverpool Institute. Okay, very good. Very interesting. There's your uh, Beatles chat of the day. Let's talk about... Let's get back to Jennifer, the star of the episode. Miracles from Heaven 2016 plays Christy Beam. I wonder if that's funny. Her name is, her last name is Beam, like B-E-A-M, like Beam Up to Heaven. That's just what I thought when I said that, or when I read it. I, I bet the writers thought that too. That's some, that's some fourth wall stuff right there. Right? Miracles from Heaven. Beam her up to heaven. I I think there's something there. Uh, 2016. The unofficial sequel to New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day. It's Mother's Day. She plays 2nd Lieutenant Dana Barton. So let's see who's in... I think Mother's Day had bigger stars than Valentine's Day. Jennifer Aniston. Timothy Oliphant. Shay Mitchell, uh, Caleb Brown, Brandon S. something, Spink. Um, Sounds like a woodland creature, a Spink. Why does it list the least famous people? I hate, I don't like it when IMDb does that. Let's go full cast. When they go on the top build, they list like the people that no one, I want to see the famous people listed first. Penny Marshall. Oh, she passed away. She was a famous director. Yeah, she passed away December 17th, 2018. Just recently. She was 75. Uh, Most known for Laverne and Shirley. She played Laverne. And she directed the Tom Hanks movie Big. I gotta see that one. And A League of Their Own. I don't think I've seen that one either. Hmm. Penny Marshall. Um, Julia Roberts in it. I thought there was more famous. Oh, here we go. Kate Hudson. Uh, Sarah Chalk, who's Elliot from um, Scrubs. The original Scrubs. Uh, Zach Braff's girlfriend. Um, okay. So, oh, Jason Stegas in it. And, yeah, that looks like Jennifer Gardner, Britt Robertson. She's from that George Clooney movie, uh, Tomorrowland. I saw that one in theaters. That's kind of a, it's kind of a weird, that's like if Disneyland was a movie, Tomorrowland. Wait, isn't Tomorrow? that's a ride at Disneyland, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. John Lovitz is in it. John Lovitz. Amazing. Let us... Let us amuse you. Let us amuse you. Welcome to the nightclub. I'll be your host, John Lovitz. <laughs> let us amuse you. That's my Lovitz. My best Lovitz impression throwing it out at you. Throw it at you. Boomerang it back if you don't like it. There's a ton of people they listed here. Okay, so maybe not as many famous people as I thought in Mother's Day. Let's see. I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to go back. 
I'll tell you what it's about. Three generations come together in the week leading up to Mother's Day. So <laughs> it's one of those like 12 word reviews or plot synopsises. Oh, this one came out when I worked at AMC Woodenville. Uh, Nine Lives. I guess Mother's Day did too. And Miracles from Heaven did too. Um, but I definitely remember Nine Lives coming out. Just because it looks so weird. It's like the Garfield knockoff. Um, she plays Laura Brand. Someone with a talking cat. A stuffy businessman finds himself trapped inside the body of his family's cat. Uh, Kevin Spacey <laughs> stars in it. Um, Cheryl Hines. Christopher Walken. Like, I'm a, it's a cat. It's a cat just talking. Why Why is a cat talking? It's drinking Dr. Pepper. You know, it's, a, it's a talking feline. <laughs> can't, can't go to the bathroom in a litter box. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do a... Christopher Walken's got to be one of the easier impressions to do, though, for sure. His cat cat can't find his litter box. <laughs> I don't know what that what that sounds. That sounds like Christopher walking after he got ran over by a truck. This this cat can't seem can't seem to find his cat tree. <laughs> what where's this? He needs he needs some catnip. And <laughs> he scratches paws on the couch on the the leather couch. Uh, Ah, very good. Um, <laughs> she plays Diana Wakefield in Wakefield. What was this one? A man's nervous breakdown causes his wife to leave, him to leave his wife, and live in his attic for several months. Wait, what? I didn't expect that second part. I thought he left his wife, but he just moves upstairs. What? Just clear cleans out some mothballs and then just that's funny <laughs> that's not funny but it sounds like an intense movie actually I just wasn't expecting him to move into the attic I thought he'd move in like a friend's guest house or something maybe go sleep on a relative's couch but guess he wait did they say he's a just a man just very general one of those very general plot synopsis like doesn't really give you a lot of information just a, a man with a nervous breakdown <laughs> maybe a midlife crisis um who plays it's a uh, brian cranston off oh, from one of my favorite shows growing up uh malcolm in the middle De definitely underrated sitcom there uh 2017, Jennifer Gardner, A Happening of Monumental Proportions. Um, so 2016 was a big year for her. She had four movies, four big movies come out there. Um, she plays Nadine in A Happening of Monumental Proportions. Let's see what that is. Let's see what that is. 81 minutes is short. It's, only, it's just a comedy. No genreism there. Just one genre. During the course of one day, a group of students at school in Los Angeles find themselves caught up in a plot of sex, lies, and dead bodies. That was going to say sex, lies, and videotapes. I was going to say, that's already a movie. 
You can't use an, just like you can't use your own title in your plot synopsis. You can't use a different movie's title in your plot synopsis. That's just against your rules. The unwritten rules of IMDb. <laughs> that I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna write down the unwritten. Um, I feel like that'd be a funny. That'd be a good blog post. The unwritten rules. I like it. Of I am. Especially since I'm using so much IMDb for a Stars Born podcast. Might as well just give a little shout on the writing too. Very good. Keanu Reeves is in this. Hey, Keanu Reeves here. Um, who else in it? Allison Janey. Mom. Uh, Nat Faxon. Or Nate Faxon, depending on uh, Tomato Tomato. Nat or Nate. Katie Holmes. Comments in it. Comments in a lot. I want to see how many movies comments in. He's pretty common on the big screen out there. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. We might have to have a common episode. He's in 65. He has 65 acting credits on IMDb. He is more than Jennifer Gardner. <laughs> this should be the common episode. We'll have to do one in the future. Wow. I did not know. I mean, I knew he was in, like, John Wick. I can't remember him being in Suicide Squad. I will right, we'll save it. Save it for the... Save it for the common episode. Very good. Okay. Um, Let's get out of... Happening of monumental proportions. The Tribes of Palos Verdes. She plays Sandy, 2017. This movie poster is really cool. It's like an overhead shot of just a pool and she's just laying by the pool 104 minutes drama rated r when the situation at her idyllic palos verde's home turns volatile young medina attempts to surf her way to happiness oh it's a surfing movie oh that reminds me of the shallows not the not the song I'm off the deep end, watches I dive in. I'll never leave the ground. No, there was um, a Blake Lively movie, surfing movie called The Shallows. I believe. I'll double check. Um, I love that song, though. Of course it won Best Picture. Shallows movie. Yep. Not A Star is Born. Shallows surf movie remember the what was it deep blue yeah the shallows there we go deep blue was like another classic surfing movie but now we're talking about the shallows um it was from yep 2016 i remember i actually did see this one i watched this for free when i worked at amc amc woody woodyville um in the film, a surfer gets stranded 200 yards from shore. Wow. I don't remember her being so close to shore. Only 200 yards? Two football fields. Or two rugby fields, I guess. Because it's... It's Australia. Australia. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Uh, must use her wits and determination to survive a great white shark attack. Um, yeah, Blake Lively. She's like the only person in the movie. The budget was 17 to 25 million. 
but it earned $119 million in box office. Wow. A huge box office success. Success. Um, very good, yeah. She was pretty much the only person in it. While surfing one last time for the day, Nancy notices the carcass of a large humpback whale nearby. As she rides the last wave back to the beach, a large great white shark knocks her off her surfboard and bites her leg. Nancy climbs onto the whale carcass, but the shark rams it from underneath, forcing her to swim to an isolated rock. She uses her surfboard strap to slow the bleeding from her leg, and it kind of just takes off from there. I don't want to spoil anything for y'all. Um, might be on Netflix. Maybe you can add to your all's Netflix keys, but very good, very good, <laughs> very very good, very good, young Patawan. Okay. 2018, Llama Llama. She plays Mama Llama. Mama Llama Jama. Uh, two episodes. 2018, Love Simon. She plays Emily. Who plays Simon? Nick Ra- This guy, this is the guy who went to high school. This is such a, this is such a six degrees from Kevin Bacon thing right here. But this guy went to high school with a guy that I went to class with. I went to school with here at um, here at Washington State University. He was in the sport management program with me. And he told me about, he was like, yeah, my friend moved to Hollywood and became an actor. And he's, uh, he's going to be in the new, he's telling me how he's going to be in the new, um, what was it, Jurassic World. Because that was before it came out. And yeah, that guy's name is Nick Robinson. Let's see how many films he has. 21. So let's just go through them right now. Let's just do a... We'll do a quick one because he only has 21 films. So we'll bust him out. A short from 2009. CC 2010. He plays CC's father, Young, as Nick J. Robinson. A short from 2010. Displaced. Plays Boy With Tao. TV movie 2012. Frenemies plays Jake. Oh, this is a big show. This is his first big credit. 2012 TV show Boardwalk Empire plays Roland Smith, Nate's partner. Uh, that's the HBO show. That's the show where the guy has a cool mask. Ah, uh, that's another thing. Oh my gosh. I don't know if that's a genre of movie, but I'm going to add it anyway. Boardwalk. That's another one of my favorite genres. Don't be a genreist. Let me have my favorite genre as a movie, okay? <laughs> but Boardwalk is one of my other favorite kinds of movies. I love that. It's more of a setting, I suppose. Kind of connected to the whole carnival, kind of like state fair, because there's usually like a boardwalk at a carnival. But alas, 2013, all right, Nick, this is Nick Robinson, uh, 2013, The Kings of Summer plays Joe. This was a big... This was like a cult hit, I think. Three teenage friends in the ultimate act of independence decide to spend their summer building a house in the woods and living off the land. Adventure comedy drama. Rate R, 95 minutes. Uh, 2015, Jurassic World. He plays Zach, so he wasn't the first one. Uh, video game, 2015. Lego Jurassic World plays voice of Zach. A short from 2015 plays a punk kid, the Cav Kid. Uh, 
Okay. He was in... Who's, whose show was this? Melissa and Joey. Oh, this was um, Melissa Joan Hart and Joey Lawrence. Okay. It was from uh, Sabrina. From Sabrina Teenage Witch. Oh, my gosh. That was one of my other favorite shows growing up, too. I love Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, first, let's look at what Melissa and Joey is. Excuse me. Melissa and Joey, after a family scandal leaves Mel, a local politician, alone with her niece and nephew, she hires a man named Joe to become the family's male nanny, or Manny. So, like, um, Adam Devine's character in Workaholic, or in uh, Martin Family. <laughs> He's the Manny. <laughs> but, um... Let's see, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh my gosh, I love this show. It has a black cat. Maybe that's why I love black cats so much. That's why we got Kitty. Uh, When a 16-year-old high school student finds out she's a witch, her two aunts offer guidance on how to control her newly discovered magical powers. It's a 22-minute show, comedy, family, fancy. And yeah, this was a great show. One of my favorites back in the day, growing up. When was it on? Let's see when it... That'll give us a good idea. 1996 to 03. So I was only three years old when it started. But I was 10 when it ended. That's kind of weird. I must have been watching that when I was like... 8, 9, 10 years old. Or I was catching it in syndication. Maybe a couple years later. I don't think that show's syndicated though. I mean, I guess I don't really know what syndicated. I think syndicated just means that they replay reruns on uh, random channels, right? Like on cable, right? All right. Let's get back to Nick Robinson's IMDb. So then we can get back to Jennifer Gardner's IMDb. Um, So Nick Robinson. Being Charlie plays Charlie Mills, 2015. Uh, video game 2015 Lego Dimensions plays Zach Mitchell, the voice of uh, Short from 2015. The Old Switcheroo plays Jerry. 2016 The Fifth Wave plays Ben Parrish slash Zombie. That seems like a spoiler alert right there. Right in the credits. You can't. You just said he became a zombie, basically. They basically just spoiled the huge part of the movie. Um. <laughs> But I remember that one when it came out, because it came out when I worked at AMC Woodenville. Uh 2017, Everything, Everything plays Ollie. 2017, Crystal plays Taylor Ogburn. 2018, Love, Simon plays Simon. 2019, Native Son plays Jan Erlone. And then here's a few like future ones, I guess. Weetsy Bat plays Max. Silk Road, Strange But True from 2019 plays Philip. And his final credit is 2019 Echo Boomers plays Lance Zutterland. That's a made up name. Lance Zutterland. And come on. <laughs> That's like when someone has to make up a name on a spot, like on the spot. Like they're getting like interrogated by some police mall up mall cop or security guard or something uh lance zutterland <laughs> lance zutterland 
Um, what is this movie about? Echo Boomers. It has a uh, Britt Robertson. We were just talking about her. Michael. Uh, Michael, what's his name? This Michael Shannon. He's a Michael Shannon's a great actor. Um, we'll have to do an episode for him too. He's definitely an underrated actor. I think not a lot of people know about him. Uh, let's stay. Let's play. Five postgrads figure the best way to get back at the unfair economy and live the life they've always wanted is to steal from the rich and give to themselves. So they're pretty much being Robin Hoods. They're being self-Robin Hoods. They're Robin Hooding themselves. All right. That? Wow, I can't believe we made it through all 21 of Nick Robinson's credits. We did it. Now let's get back to the show show. The show part of the show. Uh, Love, Simon. 110 minutes. PG-13. Comedy, drama, romance. Simon Spear keeps a huge secret from his family, his friends, and all of his classmates. He's gay. When that secret is threatened, Simon must face everyone and come to terms with his identity. And who else? Josh Duhamel's in it. Um... Tony Hale's in it. Uh, what? He's Buster in Arrested Development, right? Gosh. Now, that's a funny show. He's also in Veep. I've never seen Veep. But Veep is one of those shows that I've heard the most about being good. Like, it's um Veep and The Wire are the two shows that I've heard the most about being like amazing just absolutely the best shows ever and I've never seen either so I guess and they're completely different shows like Veep's a comedy it's kind of like an Arrested Development kind of comedy I think and then The Wire is like that's like a heavy show it's like The Sopranos I've never seen The Sopranos either though so (laughs) don't quote me on that um let's see 2018 Peppermint plays Riley North. This looks interesting. I want to see what this is. Ooh. It's a picture of a Ferris wheel when I pulled it up on IMDb. And then the TV cover or the movie poster is a picture of Jennifer Gardner against a wall. And like there's red wings drawn on the wall. So she's like an angel. She's like an angel with red wings. An evil angel, I guess. Five years after her husband and daughter are killed in a senseless act of violence, a woman comes back from self-imposed exile to seek revenge against those responsible and the system that let them go free. So she's kind of playing like a Denzel role, basically. Like he would play, like that's the equalizer, I think. It's kind of the same idea. Or Liam Neeson, this is what Liam Neeson would do. Same idea. It's a kind of a taken, a taken plot, if you will. Um, TV show 2018. This is an HBO show. Uh, Catherine McSorley Jodell. Why do you have to come up with such a complicated name? It's a fake name. <laughs> it's like if you're making up a name, why does it have to be Catherine McSorley Jodell? Um, eight episodes. Camping, an HBO show. I'm going to click on this because it looks interesting. I like the cover. It's just a picture of like 
eight people and they're like they're all sitting in the hedge <laughs> they're just poking out from the hedges um, Juliet Lewis is in it she's in a lot of stuff Brett Gelman's in it uh, Chris Sullivan what was Brett Gelman so funny in what here we go Brett Gelman was really funny in something I'm gonna pull it I'm gonna go to him and I'm gonna see what let's see let's see here what was it nah uh, we'll have to look at his filmography now he was hilarious and something recent that I saw uh, oh it was Stranger Things of course yeah yeah he was in Stranger Things that's what it was plays Murray Bowman for four episodes 2017 definitely add that to your Netflix queue if you haven't seen it uh, Stranger Things is an awesome show. You don't have to be a sci-fi fan. You just have to be a fan of television and movies and entertainment. A fan of good TV. Just good stuff. What's camping? Camping. Camping. A man's camping trip with his wife and friends spouse out of control. A U.S. adaption of the British series Camping. Oh, okay. So they, they the office the show. They did what the office did to the office, <laughs> to the, to the British office, which I've never seen. That does sound like a camping, like a a British show. Because it has no plot. It's just like, yeah, we'll just have a show about people camping. <laughs> like what? Like just like um how they came up with the show for about people working in the office. Like, no plot, really. But it still works, obviously. Seinfeld doesn't have a plot, so... Usually, I guess the less plot, the better, right? I mean, yeah, you ever try, like... Watch a movie or something that has way too much plot? Like, way too much... Like, too many twists and turns? Like, it can be distracting, I think. I like watching movies where less happens. Less stuff happens. More open spaces. More... More, um, like less talking, more quiet time. I'd probably really like a, a quiet place. I have not seen that one. I'd probably enjoy it though. Um, let's see. It's like, um, what's that? There's this principle. I think it's Japanese, a Japanese principle. I'm gonna say Japan blank space. There's like a blank space principle. Um, maybe not. Ma, there we go. Negative space. Maybe I've talked about this. It's a Japanese word which can be roughly translated as gap, space, pause, or the space between two structural parts. It's a spatial concept. So this is called ma, M-A, <clears throat> M-A, excuse me. The spatial concept is experienced progressively through intervals of spatial designation. In Japanese, ma, the word for space, suggests interval. It is best described as a consciousness of place, not in the sense of an enclosed three-dimensional entity, but rather the simultaneous awareness of form and non-form deriving from an intensification of vision. Ma is not something that is created by compositional elements. It takes place in the imagination of the human who experiences these elements. 
Therefore, Ma can be defined as an experiential place understood with emphasis on interval. So they they would really love CrossFit then. All about those intervals, right? <laughs> um, Ma, Ma has been described as emptiness full of possibilities, like a promise yet to be fulfilled, and as the silence between the notes which make the music. Yeah, so there you go. Other illustrations appear in this old poem. Thirty spokes meet in the hub, though the space between them is the essence of the wheel. Pots are formed from clay, though the space inside them is the essence of the pot. Walls with the windows and doors form the house, though the space within them is the essence of the house. Boom. I love... What's the usage in the West? I love these kind of like creativity, like present moment uh just stuff that makes you think reconsider stop and think smell the roses maybe maybe look at examine the flower don't just smell it look at it take a picture of it on your iphone even hmm save it for later <laughs> um so usage in the west of ma in the 2001 book the art of looking sideways alan fletcher discusses the importance of exemplifying space as a substance. Space is substance. Cezanne painted and modeled space. Gia Cometti sculpted by taking the fat off space. Mallarmé conceived poems with absences as well as words. Ralph Richardson asserted that acting lay in pauses. Isaac Stern described music as that little bit between each note, silences which give the form. The Japanese have a word, ma, for this interval, which gives shape to the whole. In the West, we have neither word nor term. A serious omission. And Derek de Kirchhoff described ma as the complex network of relationships between people and objects. So there you go. And that is something, ma is actually something that Marie Kondo talked about. In her first book, I believe. So, can't remember what even got me on that, but here we go. Back to back to the action. Uh, yes Day. So, she's going to be in something called Yes Day. She's going to be in My Glory Was I Had Such Friends, a TV show. And her final credit. Jennifer Garner's final IMDb credit number six zero of six zero. Um, let's see. I think. Wait, if I'm now, I'm trying to remember why I started talking about that mom. That's because I was saying how I like movies. I'm tracing it back right now. It's because I was saying how I like movies where less stuff happens. There we go. Because we were talking about how some movies have too much plot. We figured it out. Um, here we go. So, let's read a little bit of this book, Adulting, How to Become a Grown-Up in 468 Easy-ish Steps, Kelly Williams Brown. This was a Christmas present from my mom this year. Uh, Step 172. If you're coughing, sneezing, or otherwise obviously infectious and cannot take over-the-counter meds to remedy the situation, stay home. Make your coworkers sick and they'll hold it against you forever. 
When I get someone's nasty ailment, it really makes me want to punch them. This is not an accepted form of workplace communication, no matter how much they deserve it. So don't set these ugly thought wheels into motion. Stay home and get better. I love that metaphor of setting thought wheels in motion. That's like, it's almost, at least with me, sometimes I'll have like a thought and it'll be like pushing like a snowball that you push down a hill and it gets bigger. And then by the bottom, it's like way bigger than even like the bottom of a giant snowman. Like I'll get that with my thoughts sometimes. Like that's how I would compare mine. I'd say don't push the snowball, the thought snowball down the hill. But it's the same idea. It's the same meaning as the same meaning as um setting ugly thought wheels in motion. It's like don't give the attention to your negative thoughts, I suppose. Don't pay it any energy. Um step one seven three. Don't just be likable, be a good coworker. If you're not a good coworker, if you don't get things done when they're supposed to be done, if you drop the ball on group projects, if you don't speak up when someone else is being blamed for your mistake, if you don't reply to time-sensitive emails and calls promptly, people will figure that out. Being sweet and charming can cover for a while, but these things will come back to bite you eventually. Step 174. Accept that there is no such thing as vacation. There's just working extra hard beforehand, spending your vacation feeling that something must be awry, then scrambling for weeks to catch up. <laughs> I don't like that either. Like, I don't like the idea of bringing your work on vacation. I think vacation should be like a personal time that you take for yourself to, to let your mind recover, let your head, let your brain relax, let your body relax. Um, I don't think excuse me, in a real vacation, like a proper vacation. Um, let me get a sip of water right now. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> mm. Very good. Um, yeah, I don't think you should bring any work with you. You should leave all work at home when going on vacation. Even your cell phone. That would be, like, I mean, obviously nowadays, that'd be super difficult for people. But... That's a real vacation. It's a vacation from your cell phone. For real. <laughs> vacation from technology. That's a. That's what a vacation is nowadays. It's t- I'm sure. I mean, it's tough for... Like, I remember the biggest vacation from technology I've ever done. It was... It must have been right after I graduated for the first time. Like, May 2015, I would say. Or no... This must have been 2017, because I was living in Pullman. Uh, it must have been May 2017, and I just didn't go on my cell phone. I just turned my cell phone off for like 10 days. It was crazy. Didn't go on it at all. Didn't look at any text messages. I I went emailed. I went to the library and emailed my mom and told her that, because I was worried that she might text me and try to. Like, she'd be worried about me, which I think she said she was because she probably didn't check her email very often. So then I kind of, I felt a little bad about that. I was like, dang, she's probably worrying about me for that, for those days. But I mean, that's just the thing. That's how much we rely on technology now is if someone doesn't reply to a text or a phone call for days, 
you start to you're like what's going on here something up is this a Liam Neeson taken situation um yeah we we depend on technology so much just I think you just have to look at how people drive now like everyone uses the Waze app or they use what's the other one I remember when we I used to print out directions from MapQuest <laughs> and then bring bring the papers in the car and just look at those. But now everyone has a GPS in their car. And if they don't have one of those, they have one on their cell phone. And then they just have one of those things. I don't know what they're called. But the thing where you set your phone up in the in the air vent and then you can look at look at the map. People do that, right? Um, I don't have one of those air vent things though. Seems pretty handy. Technology. All right, let's let's see what we got. Let's stop. I feel like Elon Musk over here talking about <laughs> talking about all this technology, the singularity. Uh, step one seventy five. Take yours anyway. If you get paid vacation, take it. Even if you're too poor to travel anywhere, you can at least spend your day off lolling around and watching TV and or being hung over. Step 176, uh, do not steal more than $3 worth of office supplies per quarter. (laughs) I love how specific that is. Like, that's obviously from her, like, past experience, I think. She's definitely thought about that. Like, laid out the blueprint for how to do it. Pushed it to the limit. (laughs) She knows that you can only steal $3 worth per quarter. Pens, I think, are reasonable, but not all the time. And no scissors. Uh, Step 177, shut down office creepers. First off, you do not need to feel uncomfortable at work. Everyone needs to be there, and no one should make it unpleasant for others to be there. But before you dash to HR, remember this. If someone is making you feel uncomfortable, it's okay to make them feel a little uncomfortable. I've found that most offices have at least one middle-aged male employee who seems to delight in spending as much time possible around the new 22-year-olds. Remember, you can be cordial and icy at the same time. Force thin smiles that register for half a second then turn into slightly squinty faces and curt answers without follow-up questions will do wonders. Um, if this... I just thought... I just thought... Alright, this is me. Um... It's kind of unfortunate for people named Kurt. Uh, (laughs) That's what their name means. I gotta look up what Kurt... What does Kurt mean? C... It means, like, short and, like... um, How do I... Like, rude? Does it mean rude? Kurt synonym. But, I mean, that's just unfortunate for people whose name is Kurt. Yeah, it means... Rudely brief. So... Maybe if your name is Kurt, then people just assume that they're just rude to you always because they're like, I'm just being rude to you because I'm just doing it first. You're about to be rude to me, so your name is Kurt. It's a Kurt Kurt. Um, I don't know, I was, That's just something I was working on. <laughs> if this person tends to invade your personal space while you're working at your desk, here's a brilliant strategy, courtesy of Miss Manners. That's my favorite AFI song. Hey, Miss Manners, 
Hey, Miss Manners, he said, take my life. Oh, oh, that's pretty funny. That's good. That's some alternative humor right there. Alternative rock humor. You guys have to know um, AFI, uh, Miss Murder. What? Let's see what year that song was from. That's probably like, I want to say 2005. Hey, Miss Murder. Hey, Miss Murder. AFI. Um, 2006. What does AFI stand for? Let's see. I'm so curious. Curious Chris. A fire inside. There you go. I would never have guessed that. They're from Ukiah, California. And where is Ukiah? Ukiah is the largest city in Mendocino County. Um, oh, it's way north of, it's north of the Bay Area. Way up there, Northern California. Uh, Ukiah Valley is the center of major wine production. It's a wine. It's like sideways. The Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. <laughs> That's my Paul Giamatti impression there. Alright. Um... You need no Paul Giamatti to get that. Let's get back to the adulting book here. Hey, Miss Manor. <laughs> okay. Um, The next time you turn your head and they are way, way too close, let out a little scream. Nothing overly dramatic. Just enough that other people do the prairie dog thing of popping their heads up over the cubicle walls to see what's going on. Then say, oh gosh, you startled me. I didn't expect you to be that close to me. Period. Don't wave away the awkwardness that this sentence will create. Let this painful silence roar that the dude may remember this natural consequence of breathing in your ear. If that doesn't work, go to HR. Step 178. If there's something shady going on, document everything. Not on a work computer either, because not to be dire, if you were to get fired, you would, ha you would not have access to those files anymore. Get time, date, location, specifics, a list of witnesses, and verbatim quotes if possible. These things must be quantifiable. Step 179. When possible, conflict, conflict, conflict via email. One, in the workplace, it leaves a paper trail, and paper trails are great, great for proving point should it come to that. But beyond that, letters are a great way to deliver a difficult message in a way that gives the recipient a chance to think about and digest what you've said without having to respond immediately. Often, people need a little bit of space when you've given them something difficult, and in the pressure of an immediate response, things can come out wrong. If the person you're dealing with is even slightly reasonable, this can be a much calmer way of actually solving problems rather than just feeling angry and self-righteous. This means that you cannot just write an email and put someone on blast. Email is not your chance to polish every mean thing you've ever wanted to say. Lob a digital Molotov cocktail and walk away without looking at the explosion. Cool guys don't look at explosions. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Instead, email should be a place that you can be calm, reasoned, and open to a solution that works for all parties. And yes, if it gets into a back and forth, eventually you'll need to talk. 
but this is a good way to say the things you need to say in the way you wish to say them without being interrupted. Step 180. Here's the last one I'll do. Let that angry email you composed marinate for a minute. Every single time in my life I've thought, hmm, I wonder if this email is a little over the top. I should sleep on it. I could just French kiss my past self for her measured control and foresight. <laughs> uh, because each and every time I revise the email, yes, it's not satisfying, but it's what grown-ups do. And that's what this book is about. It's about adulting and how to become a grown-up. 468 easiest steps. Um, Very good. I like it. I like it. Let's get back to... Wow, I can't believe it's already time. I don't want to wrap it up. <laughs> I don't want to go home, Mom. I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to wrap it up. Um, It's almost that time. Let's read our final credit. And um, then we'll call this baby. So the final credit for Jennifer Gardner. 2019. Wonder Park. Wait, who is in this? Wasn't it? Yeah, Mila Kunis. Yep. That was a few episodes ago. This was the one... 85 minutes, an animation, adventure, comedy, tells the story of a magnificent amusement park where the imagination of a wildly creative girl named June comes alive. And it comes out in March. I thought it was going to be June. Okay. Okay. Oh, here's something. Here's something interesting that I can share with you guys. So this was an awesome, oh my gosh. Um, so before we do Sandra Bullock's top three, bottom three, let me share this with y'all. This was an awesome Christmas present. One of my favorites. Uh, I was talking about my favorite Christmas presents and this was from my mom as well. Um, but yeah, it's 300 writing prompts. So it's just all these lined pages basically like looks like a little journal. And then that's the top of each page is a question and I'll read you guys one of them I answered let's see let's see what do we got here I'll, I'll have to find a good one here first um I've written I probably filled out about less than a third of them I still have a lot a lot to do oh here we go I'll tell y'all why um it's called write about an experience you had when you lost track of time and mine is writing especially when i wrote sponge cake the time just absolutely flew by available on amazon kindle Barnes and noble and it was at that moment that i realized that this is just something that i was meant to do time flies when i write and it always feels like it was well spent and i always feel better after a good writing session is very therapeutic for me like going in the sauna or playing basketball playing hoops writing helps flush out creative thoughts and make um make them concrete by putting them on paper thus making real estate for new ideas uh it helps me put my life in perspective and realize what is and is not important to me it keeps me level-headed and grounded and down to earth I also find purpose in the creation of culture and art through the written word. Being an author makes me feel like I'm in the company of legends. Writing is... That, that is... Here's some commentary from me. 
that is one of um, the coolest things I think about, like being able to call myself an author, just because, like, I am. I guess I, I literally am the same job as some of the most famous people, like in in his, the history of art. It sounds it sounds like a very like narcissistic thing to say, I guess, but egotistical. But I don't think I have a big ego. I think. I mean, I'm just looking at it, like, practically, I think. Like, sure, um, I'm sure there's a lot of authors, but we're all, everyone's in the same class. Everyone who has published a book is in the same class. So I think I can say I'm in the same, I'm in the same category as a Mitch Album, or like a John Grisham, or a Bill Simmons, or a Harper Lee. We were just talking about her, To Kill, the Mocking, to Kill Mockingbird her only book ever <laughs> or like a Mark Twain or a Emily Dickinson or anyone anyone Maya Angelou um, yeah that's what I like about writing is that just by doing it by doing it you by doing the work it's like the most self it's like the most gratifying work I would say because you find joy in the doing of the work and then the finished product is just that's like the prize that's like your reward but then you learn everything by doing it so this is a really cool process i love it i love creating it's more about i mean because i love podcasting too so it's not just writing that i'm obsessed with i think i'm more obsessed with like creating like i just love the idea of like going to bed at night and then you wake up in the morning and something that wasn't there uh, the day before is there now. And that's kind of interesting. I don't know. Just create, like, I think art, like, actually has a huge impact on, like, just real life and how people, like, society, how people operate, how people treat each other. Um, I mean, obviously technology makes a difference there too, but I think art makes... Art kind of like fights, it's kind of like fighting the battle against technology, I would say. Because seriously, like, it sounds, I, art is human and technology is like robots. So it's kind of like the Will Smith movie, iRobot. Um, I think in in the coming decades, like Elon Musk has talked about, you know, I mean, check him out on Joe Rogan if you haven't seen it. But when that singularity stuff does happen, I think... Like, stuff like art is going to be super valuable because, I mean, I don't think, like, human, um, the human element of it, robots can't produce that. They can't replicate it. That's something that's impossible to, you can't, you can't do it. It's because humans, they have experiences. They make art based on their life experiences and that stuff. No one has the same set of experiences, so that's something you can't simulate you can't you can't plug in some code for it plug it into computer i don't know that's just my old man arneson get off my lawn get off my get off my apartment balcony <laughs> um oh beautiful day out there still sunny still blue skies a couple of clouds there's like one cloud out there gorgeous writing art <laughs> I think it's valuable I'm telling you 
I think the more technology develops, the more value and like meaning and all that stuff that's gonna be surrounding like art and stuff that's created purely by humans. It's my prediction. Um, I mean, I don't know if that means. It doesn't really mean anyone's gonna like make any more money or anything, but it means like their work. I think, I think right like artists and writers and all different kinds of writer like artists are, they're doing like the Lord's work already. But it's already super important because it changes. Like it changes culture basically. It it leaves. I don't know. It it has an impact. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I need to stop ranting. I'll stop ranting about it now. Let it go. <laughs> Into the wind. Uh, dust in the wind. All we are is dust in the wind. Um, writing is kind of like an escape for me. When I write fiction, it is like I'm wandering down the rabbit hole of a weird universe that I'm in the middle of creating. I love the act of building this universe. It feels like I am building a pyramid brick by brick. But it feels necessary too, like something that I need to do, a path that I'm supposed to go down and explore until I find the end, except I'll eventually find out that the path of creativity and writing has no end, in fact, just a series of hairpin turns and corn maze tendencies, especially writing in the morning. What an amazing way to start the day Get af- and get after it. After a good morning of writing, not only do I feel unstoppable, excuse me, but I am the train in that Denzel movie. See, I'm obsessed with that Denzel movie. This, um, talked about last episode, because it's basically the train version of Speed, <laughs> the uh, Sandra Bullock bus movie. All right. Um, I'm the train in that Denzel movie. It's like I get to walk around the rest of the day with a cool little secret in my back pocket. A sugar glider in my cardigan. I like that. A sugar glider in my cardigan. Because people are not aware of my morning words. Um, a secret agent for creativity. And that's why I had to write about writing. Um, let's see if I have... Let's see if we can find a little more something fun. What did you dream of being as a kid when you were an adult? Uh, I always dreamed of being a professional athlete or a comedian. I can still be the second one. That would be pretty tough for me to break into a professional sports league, though, at this point. But I love to play hoops and work out, so in my own way, I guess I am a professional athlete of sorts. <laughs> I mean, more like a... I guess professional, you would say. You get paid. Still amateur. All right, here's a couple good ones. Here's another writing-related one. Does writing change you? How does writing make you a better person? And here's what I wrote. I have most certainly become a different person since I became a writer. It helps me look at the world from a unique point of view and forces me to not only think outside the box, but also take action on these ideas and put them down on paper, materializing my mind. It gives me purpose and value and creates a great deal of drive and hunger for success. Writing motivates me to have more crazy life experiences, and meet more awesome people, not just so I have a foundation for my creativity, but so I can practice being in the moment, because that is what writing is based on, swimming in the now. 
And here's a good little thing. Here's a good one. Uh, what is your mom like? Here we go. <clears throat> My mom is the best person in the world. She is a super fun person to hang out with, to just hang out with, uh, drink some cider, play a board game, or just watch a movie. Very chill and easygoing and also full of joy. My mom is also very smart and well-read and perceptive. I trust her judgment as a person. She is also a spiritual individual and some sort of a Zen master. Somewhat of a Zen master, like a middle-aged lady from Montana, Buddha. <laughs> I guess kind of like uh, Phil Jackson. He's a, he's a Zen master in Montana. Uh, I like how my mom is a small-town lady. She's super down-to-earth and country, being from Montana, even though Great Falls is a big city by Big Sky standards. She is a recess teacher and has done that for over a decade, so you know she is super caring and patient. I think she knows all the kids' names, which shows how much she has invested in her job. She is good at fancy football and knows more about the sport than most ladies, but she is also well-versed in more stereotypical female stuff like fashion. <laughs> football and fashion could be the name of her memoir. She is well-traveled and has been to many countries and states and cool landmarks. My mom has been has had a bunch of amazing experiences in her life. Her pictures on the wall at the Applebee's in Great Falls, Montana with her high school basketball team. And there you go. That's um let's see. Here's um make up a new ending for the saying people who live in glass houses should not here's what I said. Uh should not be in so many fancy car commercials. Uh, people who live in glass houses should not because you know how they have all those like you know the Buick commercials the people are living in the houses that like are nicer than the ones are even on HGTV they're like more modern than the houses in Modern Family even and they got some modern houses in Modern Family like a Jay and Gloria's house is super nice um People who live in glass houses should not use plastic Tupperware. People who live in glass houses should not collect rocks. Collect rocks. <laughs> People who live in glass houses should not talk about living in glass houses. That's rule number one of living in glass houses. <laughs> People who live in glass houses should not be hypocrites. People who, who live in glass houses should not see the movie Glass. I heard it wasn't that good. That was like the unofficial sequel to Split. Um, people who live in glass houses should not listen to Ira Glass. People who live in glass houses should not wear sunglasses indoors. And that's all I wrote for that one. Um, let's see if we got... Alright, here's a good one. Here's a couple more good ones. And then, then we'll wrap this, baby. What, in your opinion, is strength? Uh, and here's what I said. Strength is being able to put your ego aside and sacrifice for something or someone else. Strength is letting go of your ego. Strength is allowing others to succeed and knowing that it does not take away from your wins. Strength is smiling. Strength is forgiving people and your past self. Strength is getting up and getting after it. Strength is a choice. Strength is in your gut, your core, heart, and soul. Strength is admitting when you mess up. Strength is a gift that you give others and yourself. Strength is something that you can that no one can take from you. 
And here's one more question here. Um, how do you soothe yourself when you are upset? And here's what I say. Put things in perspective. Take deep breaths. Count to ten. Think of everything I'm grateful for. Go for a walk. Play hoops. Talk to someone uh, like mom and dad, grandpa, Nick, Katie, uh, brother and sister, a uh, friend. Uh, imagine laying in a hammock on the porch of a cottage in the woods. <laughs> it all comes back to a cottage in the woods. I didn't even have that prepared. Um, consider the less fortunate. Eat um, and drink some water. Eat something. Oh, man, like I said, I think my blood sugar gets low sometimes. It's because I haven't ate, haven't ate enough or haven't eaten enough healthy stuff or haven't drank enough water. But I think that has an effect on me. Um, stretch, uh, lay on my yoga foam roller, watch sports, picture a beach with a towel, uh, a Yeti cooler full of Corona beers, some limes too, and some sick tunes, probably on Alexa. Um, listen to podcasts and music, um, and just smile and laugh. Um, let's see, let's do. One more. I want to find a good one to end on. Ooh, here we go. This is good. If you had the opportunity to write as a career, what would you write? I would write all sorts of different novels and poetry books and even try to do some comic books. Oh my gosh. That is something that I would love to create a superhero. That'd be such a cool legacy to leave, to be like, yeah, I, I created that superhero. Who would it be? The, um... <laughs> I just thought tr the tree hugger. That was the first thing I thought of. There we go. The tree hugger. Um, that's my superhero. Their superpower is... Their superpower is recording things on their iPhone. And posting them on social media. Uh, some genres of novels. Don't be as genreist. I would like to write our sports, horror, sci-fi, adventure, and heist. I would also love to travel the world and write books and memoirs about my experiences. I want to live in a different country in Europe each year until I go through all the countries and write a book about each one. I want to write a book about completing items on my bucket list, kind of like The Buried Life. Um, momentarily retired The Buried Life book. We'll, we'll get back to it someday, but... I've read a lot of that book, so it, that's the old, the old MTV show book. Um, let's see. I want to find, I want to find another good one to see to leave you guys with. Uh, let's let's do. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. You are what you eat. Rewrite the phrase. You are what you blank. Here's a few I wrote. You are what you do. Our activities have tremendous impact on who we are and how we fit in. You are what you dream. Goals drive us to become more, or to be more, to be great. You are what you believe. People define and categorize you by your beliefs, whether you want them to or not. Beliefs can be changed, though. You are what you give. Giving is how much you make a diff is how you make a difference and leave your stamp on the world. You are what you want. You have free will and the ability to change um, and make decisions. You are what you make. 
Creativity is a representation of yourself. You are what you say, uh, not always, but sometimes. Words can have great meaning, but they can often be misinterpreted. And um, they're also our most definitive method of communication. You are what you achieve. Hard work pays off. Have pride in what you get done. Um, Here's a little fun story I wrote. Let's see. Here we go. Imagine you were a news anchor. Right at the beginning of tonight's newscast, make up the top story, um, what you truly think could happen today. Here we go. I'll come at you. I'll read it like a news anchor. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 5 o'clock news. Our top story comes to you from the Orange Leaf Zoo, where visitors have witnessed what many will tell you, what many will tell their grandchildren was without a doubt a legit miracle and maybe one of the top 10 moments in their lives if their entire life was presented in the form of a sports center episode. Who would you choose to host your life's episode of the hit ESPN show? Ask your coworkers to, to spark a heated debate around the water cooler when y'all are done talking about the latest and greatest things showing on Netflix. On your Netflix queue, um, a penguin decided to buck the odds and defy the laws of Mother Nature um, as well as its own mother. And the Orange Leaf Zoo, an establishment whose rule book is the phone book of rule books. Uh, by doing what pretty much everyone, everyone of the Pixar universe has deemed thoroughly impossible. Uh, that was a mouthful. Um, although Kevin Garnett (parentheses) although Kevin Garnett was not too shocked by the day's turning of events, in a nod to his beliefs about what is and is not possible. Uh, that's a reference to when Kevin Garnett, uh, in 2008, when the Celtics won the championship, Kevin Garnett yelled out, anything is possible. But I think it was actually a, an Adidas sponsorship thing. I think that was their slogan at the time. So <laughs> he was probably paid to do it. Um, while a bored zookeeper zoned out, losing her mind in a thousand exhibit stare, an unbelievably breathtaking goddess of a creature took flight, despite what all her friends and family told her about her wings being just for show, kind of like Christmas lights on a house or an exotic belt buckle from a faraway land that you got on a cruise when you re-upped your parrothead membership and cashed in your stash of tiki tokens that you accrued every time you used your official Margaritaville blender, every time... This is a long run on sentence here, so prepare yourself. Every time you use your official Margaritaville blender, every time you played a Jimmy Buffett jam on Apple Music, and every time you went to the gym in flip-flops, the zookeeper, who went from being the most bored on the animal planet um, to an individual who could not... What's this? Who, who could not put it together to collect their marbles... Um, looked skyward as a drop of ice cold water dripped on the bridge of uh the bridge of her nose, falling delicately from the belly of the airborne beast. If you're one of the attendees of Bingo with Bears, a charitable event that's held uh each year after the Chicago Bears are officially once and for all eliminated from competition, consider yourself fortunate that you got to view this sideshow for free. And, and that's that. And that's how it ends. It just ends abruptly.
Um, I, I must have written this pretty close to after when the Bears lost at home to the Eagles. That happened in the 2018 or 2019 playoffs here. The NFL playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's funny. The old, I love zoos. That's another one of my favorite. I guess now I'm just talking about movie settings, but I like a good, a good zoo movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. In a world, in a world where penguins fly and zookeepers are bored. <laughs> uh, where would you like to go on a day trip? You must drive there and back in one day, but you have unlimited funds for gas, food, and activities. Here's what I wrote. Missoula, Montana. It's a four-hour drive from Pullman. I would buy an iced coffee and walk around the University of Montana. It's beautiful there. has lots of big grass fields, a bridge over the river. I'd walk to the football stadium and see if I could go inside and run around on the field. <laughs> um, that reminds me of when I went with my dad. We went... Um, I think we actually did get on the field of the of the Montana State football field. We definitely got in the stands, but I believe no, I'm pretty sh- no, we were running. We were running on the field. We were running free. Um yeah, that was really cool. I love being on like a football field like some big college stadium or NFL stadium. Never been on an NFL stadium football field, but yeah, I don't know. University of Montana is super cool though. It's um it's my parents' rival school, so don't tell them I said that, but it's like a it's like a hipster it's a slice of hippie right in the middle of Montana, if you can imagine. Just a liberal little town, Missoula, Montana. Uh granola, hippies, hipsters, you name it, they're there. But it's a nice town. Um really like I think they got some nice barbecue places. They got a couple good breweries there. I went to Big Sky Brewery with my dad. Um, yeah, really cool. Definitely totally different than the rest of Montana. Like, way different than Great Falls. But it's a college town, though. Missoula is a college town. And the university is a nice area, too. Just nice grass fields, big grass fields, big bridges. Nice bridge, like a nice walking bridge over the river. I remember I was walking. Last time I was there, walking around by myself with my Starbucks. I pretty much did this exact thing. I tried to get in the football stadium, but they didn't let me in. I walked around with my Starbucks. Went to the bathroom in some random dive bar. Yeah. All right. Love. Shout out Missoula, Montana. You're listening from there. Not necessarily a Grizzly fan, though. Don't, don't quote me on that. Don't say I'm a Grizzly fan. I'm still, I'm still a Bobcat. I'm a Bobcat supporter. I mean, come on. My mom and dad went there. Uh, Bozeman's cool, too. I just I can't really picture it as much. I've been to Missoula more because every time you go to Great Falls, you drive through Missoula. So Let's do one more question from, from my... 300 writing prompts book here do you absolutely hate any food that other people usually like um my palate is very open-minded 
I haven't got the opportunity to sample many exotic foods because the only other country I've been to is Canada, and they are not known for exotic foods other than maple syrup. I pretty much like all food. It's hard to think of one that I have disdain for. That is true. I do pretty much like all food. That wasn't a very exciting answer. Let's try to find a better one. Um, if you lived 100 years ago, what kind of work do you think you would have done? What job would you wanted? I could still be a writer 100 years ago. <laughs> well, if I said I could still be a podcaster 100 years ago, <laughs> just... You, I guess they did do podcasts, but they were just, it's more like a live podcast. And it was just people sitting at the bar and just talking to anyone who would listen to them. And now it's called a live podcast or real life, otherwise known as a real life conversation. <laughs> I could still be a podcaster a hundred years ago. But if I was going to do something else for the fun of the hypothetical question, something more 1910s. Maybe I would be an old-timey baseball writer who wears a fedora, carries a pocket watch and monocle in their pocket, and and a sugar glider in their card cardigan, <laughs> and uses their mustache as an exclamation point, uh, maraschino cherry on top. Um, wait, what? Uses their mustache as an exclamation point, the, the maraschino cherry on top of one of their many spider webs. That they, that excuse, I'm having trouble reading this. They use my handwriting. Must be all the crossed out things I did. The maraschino cherry on top of one of their many spider webs that he will weave to any saint of a human being who will Van Gogh, who go Van Gogh on ya by lending an ear. <laughs> See, as you guys can tell, I'm obviously obsessed with Vincent Van Gogh. Often reference him, but. How can you not be obsessed with someone who cut off their ear? Like, that's not even his job. He's not a surgeon. He's an artist. How does he know how to cut off an ear? How did he even know how to do it? Is that where, um, that James Franco character from 127 Hours? Is that where you got the idea? Was it from Vincent Van Gogh? Where'd you get this idea? He's getting, like, interrogated from... <laughs> the police are just interrogating... His the James Franco character from 127 Hours for some reason, <laughs> like why would they be mad at him? They're like, "Where'd you get the idea to cuff your arm?" <laughs> He's like, "Vincent Van Gogh." I swear it wasn't mine. Vincent Van Gogh. He cut off his ear. <laughs> why would they be mad at him? Um, let's see. That's just a funny hypothetical scenario I'm picturing in my head. I'm going to read one more good one before I leave y'all. I'm finding one. Uh, Let's do this one. Oh, this is a good one. This is movie related too. Snakes. Interesting or creepy? Why? What kind of... What a weird question too. Like, that's like a... Like a yes or no. It's like an either or question. Like, interesting or creepy... Like those aren't, those, those aren't opposite things. There's everything in life doesn't fall into the two categories: interesting or creepy. <laughs> it's not like a, it's like a Venn diagram of life. It's like these things are interesting. These things are creepy. This thing is both interesting and creepy. <laughs> what? Oh, oh my gosh! I think that's so funny for some reason. Apparently, I can either choose. 
I can only choose interesting or creepy for snakes. So, so here's what I said. Both, but more creepy, although I would describe it more as absolutely downright terrifying and loathsome and something that I could go the rest of my life happily without ever seeing. I sound more uptight about the slithery creature than Samuel L. Jackson. I just said than Samuel L. in Snakes in an Uber, the unofficial sequel to Snakes on a Plane. Someone's got to make that movie, Snakes in an Uber. Cockroaches in an Uber. Sugar gliders on a lift. <laughs> but sugar, li- sugar gliders aren't scary, though. Those are cute. It'd be more like a good thing. That'd be like a happy movie. Um. Oh, yeah. Speaking of snakes, though, there will all oh, that one, that old T-Mobile game on the flip phone. Uh, or not even the flip phone. It was the bar phone. Remember the, remember when you used to have a cell phone that it had a keyboard and it was different than the iPhone now. You know what I'm saying? Not a flip phone. Almost just like a flip phone without a cover, you know? Um, what was I saying? Yes, they had the snake game on that classic T-Mobile bar phone. That was such a, not a phone in a bar. That sound, That might sound confusing. I think that's what it was called, though. It's called a bar phone. Just like the classic, like, brick, little brick phone. Um, That game, Snake. That snake game on that phone. Oh, man. So fun. Just keep, it keeps getting longer until you run into your tail. That's good stuff. I think it was in Pixels, too. Um, But another snake shout-out is something I've heard on Dumb People Town. Something that happened in Florida. Apparently, I'm sure this has happened multiple times to many people, but it's so scary that you don't even want to think about it. Some lady was sitting on the toilet and a snake came up through the toilet. That seriously happened. I can't believe. So I always double check whenever I'm going to sit down on the toilet. Always triple check. Even though we're up here in the Northwest... In Washington, like, I don't think it's that likely. I think it's more likely in, like, a humid, tropical place like Florida for that to happen. But still, though, you can never be too safe when it comes to snakes. I think that's a good motto to live by. (laughs) That's my life motto. Just, it only relates to snakes. All right. That was fun. That was a good time. Let's, uh, let's do Jenny's top three, bottom three, and let's, uh, get out of here. So, as for her top three, what do we have here? Oh, yes, of course. Butter. Butter, of course. Love butter. That's that's the one I recommend the most. If you guys haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. You can watch it. Add it to your Netflix queue. Um, it's awesome. I love that movie. So, butter. I have not seen most of these, to be honest. And as you know, I guess I'll I'll go Dallas Buyers Club just because I know that one's good. And I've seen some of it. As you know, I don't like choosing movies I haven't seen. Um, and I haven't seen 13 Going on 30 for so long. I hardly remember. Oh, Dude, Where's My Car? Of course. So we'll go Dude, Where's My Car? Let's go Dude, Where's My Car? Um, Butter. And Juno. 
Yeah. Let's do those three. So no bit. Sorry, Dallas Buyers Club. If you're listening from Dallas right now, if you're Jerry Jones, hey man, get my got pontoon. Yeah, you're inviting my pontoon, Jerry Jones. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to not say someone's. You have to really think sometimes and not say someone's name when you're trying to do an impression of them. Hey man, Jerry Jones over here. Have a little party in my pontoon. Um, terrible, terrible. So, I definitely would like to see draft day, though. Okay, top three. Butter. What did we say? Butter, Juno, and do Where's My Car. I, I would like to go. I can't go 13 going on 30 because I haven't seen it in forever. I hardly remember it. And then, bottom three. Bottom three. Let's go. Here we go. Um, the Odd Life of Timothy Green. Let's go with that one. Oh, let's go both Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. And then, and then, uh, oh no, we gotta go Nine Lives too. So no, no Timothy Green. We'll go uh, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, and Nine Lives. Because I think Nine Lives got some Razzie Awards. I think that movie was just awful. Just completely terrible so bad sorry if you love it but and i do love garfield so i'm the right audience for it too but um i need to see it i guess i need to see it before i judge it for sure just judging from the previews the commercials and whatnot so mother's day valentine's day and nine lives bond three there you go holy cow we did it holy toledo Let's do some plugs and call it a day. Uh, I am an author, Pullman, Washington, holding it down in my apartment here in Starsborn headquarters across the street from Washington State University. The sun looks like it's maybe setting a little bit, shining brightly on the apartment down the street over there. Beautiful day out in Pullman today. Um, find my books on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, What's in the Fridge and Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town. Go to my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com. Go to my website, chrisstheauthor.com. Follow me on Twitter, chrisstheauthor8. And Instagram, chrisarneson8. And thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, anyone and everyone. Uh, we're building the community over here of starfishes and i can't wait uh i just can't wait to see what we do with the podcast it's so exciting so fun i'm having so much fun doing it and i'm hoping you guys are having half as much fun listening to it as i'm having doing it um yeah let's do this baby without further ado closing time Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home.
Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for joining me for yet another exciting episode of A Star's Born. I have been your host, Chris Arneson, and I hope you all have a great day, have a great night, uh, whatever you're doing. Uh, stay strong, stay safe, and I love you.